powered by Riverside FM. Formed in 1993 in Bakersfield, California, Korn is a band whose cathartic sound positioned them as one of the most popular and provocative acts to emerge at the forefront of the new metal rap rock movement. Their sound has evolved over the past 30 years, developing a trademark style that incorporates down-tuned guitars, a groove-heavy rhythm section, haunted atmospheric production, and dark lyrics courtesy of frontman Jonathan Davis, who grappled with common themes such as childhood trauma, destructive behaviour, and inner demons. The band even managed to make scatting and bagpipes Davis's signature instrument menacing. In 1998, Korn's third album, Follow the Leader, became a surprise crossover hit, when it peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 and went certified five times platinum. Their success opened the door to more new metal bands to be signed by major record labels, and the sound became a cornerstone of the late 90s period. As with all trends, eventually new metal would fall out of fashion. Many acts that either popularised the genre or coasted on its success soon turned against it. Many of their criticisms could be boiled down to the insecurity of new metal sound, the juvenile approach to lyrics, and even a rejection of the fanbase. In spite of this, Korn has remained enormously popular, even if they also rejected the new metal label due to its stink. If video games had a new metal period, it arguably took place during the early years of the PlayStation 3. As high-definition graphics made more photoreal images possible, there was a want from game developers to make works that would be taken more seriously. A shortcut to that accreditation was by emulating the look of prestige television and serious films of the time, aiming for a downbeat and gritty tone, and removing anything that could be seen as overly gamey. Although Grand Theft Auto 3 set the tempo for this in the PS2 era, it was with exclusives like Uncharted, Resistance Fall of Man, and Heavy Rain that we saw this one to be taken a little more seriously. For their first game in the HD era, the developers of Splitters wanted to prove themselves in this arena, creating a title that would build on the anti-violence messages that cropped up in Perfect Dark and Second Sight. In their own words, they wanted to make a title that wasn't a war game, but more so a game about war. In the years since, this game has become as fondly derided as the New Metal era, built on an enormous hype it couldn't live up to. It certainly didn't help that one of its big selling points was a theme tune composed by Korn. In the words of frontman Jonathan Davis, Gaming is my religion, and Haze is the shit. On this episode of Bullet Time, we continue our mini-series on the games of Free Radical Design Limited with 2008's Haze. But it's usually you're like, you trick us into having a conversation, and then while we're having the conversation, you just sneakily turn on the record function. The thing is, is that I've learned my lesson and I don't want to record people when they talk about work or... Uh, yeah. you know, uh, pri pri yeah, private matters, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. I don't want... I don't want to dox anybody. I almost doxed Snake on the first episode that we did at Bullet Time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was asked to remove it in case he was like, oh, just in case the people that I work with listen to this. 
that's fair. Do they listen to the? I mean, we've been we've been on the air now for a while. Snake, are they listening to the podcast? No, no. Uh, it was weird the other day though because I I've mentioned like my family like never not even my family listens to my videos, and then my dad um went to Butlins for a weekend with his mates, and he got them watching my new video. And then they were like, they were just gonna, they were just like looking at it, and then they actually sat down. Like, hang on, this is this is really involved, and they watched like most of it. And I was like, oh fuck, my dad has actually heard the jokes I make. Oh no, have they have they all set up like YouTube accounts to like uh, leave you comments and stuff? No, not that I've noticed yet. Maybe maybe that will happen, but. I've made Make- jokes in those videos I don't want my parents knowing oh, I've made. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. I have the same feeling, though. Like, my little brother actually watches my stuff, and I think he's trying to start becoming a YouTuber, and it's like, please don't. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> it's say, terrible. Don't you jump gonna, into the pit. You, you're, you're not going to encourage. You're very much like, no, do not get into the life. No, this is no. not worth pursuing. He only plays, like, FIFA anyway, so. There's a lot of money in, well... There's there's Don't a lot of money in Ultimate Team, but not exactly like. FIFA. There's a lot of money into it, but most of that money is from opening packs. Yeah, yes. there's nothing more miserable than like I watched a few of those, and it's so so horrible to watch people just yeah. opening packs to an audience. I mean, that's how KSI made his bread, though. I mean, you know, he he got a rap career and an acting career out of. Literally just opening packs of FIFA Ultimate Team stuff on. I'm not on, sure if you're trying to sell it, but you actually unsold it further. Same, what yeah. is if you don't want to? Uh, I don't want to be like sell, yeah, I don't want to be yeah, like KSI. Like sell it to your brother. You're just going to be like, I, it's not that I don't want you to end up like me. It's I don't want you to end up like KSI. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want people to pay money to see you at a pay per view, like at a boxing event. Oh, getting beat up by another annoying YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. Whatever. What was the result of that? Did it didn't? Wasn't it well, like a draw? I can't remember. I, I didn't pay attention. I, I, don't I was. Know. I like boxing, and that whole thing made me miserable. No, I, I, I know they've done it multiple times, but that's all I know. So I know that when he fought McGregor, it was like they did six rounds and then like just bowed out, and they like. I think they gave the technical to McGregor, but that was it. But it was like it wasn't like real boxing; it was nonsense. But now they do do YouTuber boxing. Like, didn't Jerma do it recently? Did he? I think so. Yeah, like because um, I saw Hassan was like talking about it. Like a bunch of them were um, involved in boxing stuff. But um, I don't yeah. watch anyone popular enough to be like keyed in, unless like fucking Ross Scott. Is getting in the ring. <laughs> I I would watch him. Box yeah, I would only watch him. Because <laughs> I feel like a knife would come out at some. Yeah. Point. No, that, I, I was about to say he feels like he'd be like you know in the Wii version of Punch Out where they have like a transformation in the second stage, like they get red or like they bring. Ross Scotts would be he takes one of the gloves off and inside is like a prison shiv. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and who would he fight against? Uh, who, who's your other guy? Who's he in the ring with? So. Ego Raptor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, what's a guy you like other oh. than Ross Scott? What about Ross Scott versus Tom Scott? That would be good. I like Tom Scott. He's all right. What if he like goes up to Ross Scott and he goes, I'm here inside your head. <laughs> like he's doing mind games with him. It would be very weird to find out Tom Scott is doing his research on his opponent and tried to psych him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'd be bizarre mind games 
You know that we were talking about miserable experiences earlier and FIFA yeah. Ultimate Team being one of them. Yeah. Hi, folks. Welcome to Bullet Time, the video game. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. yeah, the video game yeah. podcast where we solve our Jesus that missed their mark, and uh, uh, we're we're in the we're in the pits period of the the future the future perfect mini series now. After what has been weeks of champagne and caviar, we are now eating boot. Unfortunately, this is. Uh, I don't. Wanna, I guess I don't really want to give the all The future much. may be perfect, but the present is not a gift. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. And uh, this certainly is. Uh, uh, do you know what's funny? Actually, I had a look online, and I couldn't find anywhere that like certified this at all. But like one of the TV tropes points of this game was that it was set in 2023. Uh, the intro actually mentions that. I have a note. Oh, okay. That, that is um, legit. Yeah, okay, the, the is main legit. character. The main character says that he was born in uh, 2023. Into a world of war. Yes. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, this, and just for the folks at home, this is the first podcast that we are recording in in the new year of 2023. You've been listening to episodes. Oh, boy. Perfect. I know. I, I so- actually thought it was picked because of the 2023 thing. Oh, no, no, no. We picked, we, we, we it's a lucky co- coincidence. As, as Snake said, we are contractually, ob- as he said before this call, we're contractually obliged. Actually, no, that's what I said. You I said that. Contra- you said, I, you said, in the haziness, oh god, I don't want to talk about haze. And I said, we gotta, we gotta yeah, talk you about said haze. You and got- I want to talk about haze. I yeah. will talk about haze as well. Uh, folks, the game that we're talking about today is 2008 Haze by Free Radical Design Limited. Before we get into that, though, first things first, uh, joining us on this mini series, as he has done in previous episode, it's YouTube's very own Mantle Soldier to Snake. Okay. Oh, I was hoping you'd call me the John Marino. Uh, I could have Actually, I don't you. even know if his first name is no, John. No, well, it was Moreno, but uh, it wasn't uh, John Moreno. I, I mean, I prefer John Moreno, because that sounds like... I was like, like thinking of, like, Moreno. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you, he sounds like um, he sounds like an American, like an old American football player, just like yeah. one of those guys who retires and then starts doing comedy. John Moreno. That's, um, oh, God. That's the that's the old guy who wears um, a one hundred percent wool sweater is what they say in the game describing him, which we will go into deuces with that. But folks, uh, joining us on this journey into Hayes is a another video maker, one probably less known for covering FPS games, but one who is better known for covering PS One classic Tomba Two. Put your hands together for above up. Hi, I made a mistake coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're talking about Haze, or because yes. I, I'm going to ask you about Tomba 2? I think there's Both. many mistakes. Really? No. Nail it down. No, I made a mistake going on the stream and watching Snake uh, play the entire game start yeah, to finish. You, you, you stuck with for the yeah. entire thing, and it wasn't meant to be the full game, but you had the <laughs> similar it just experience. the full game. <laughs> I, I, I saw you post about if I don't finish this now, I never will. And I yeah. had that exact feeling, like, I think four hours into the stream. Yeah. If, if I turn this game off, there's a very good chance I'm never turning it on again, so... Well, it was worse for me, I think, um, because I was it emulating it. And oh, if yes. you get at the beach, uh, shaders are having issues and you just see uh-huh. the blinding light. You can't see like the barricade you're supposed to shoot. No. Nope. Oh Christ! Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify for people right at the beginning of the episode, um, I I half finished Haze, as in I played up to the halfway point, 
And then I watched Snake also on stream finish Haze. So uh, yeah, the yeah. stream the stream of it is on my to streamer channel, and if you watch it, you can. Cite the fact that at the end of it, I gave James the blessing. You don't actually have to play <laughs> you this. Don't have to I could have extended that to you as well, above up. Yeah, so I, I was then asked if I wanted to be on the podcast for this, and it was yeah. like, all right, but I want like personal experience with it first, so I can at least yeah. like talk about the gameplay, and then, then I decided to finish it for some reason. And how? Because I also played it through RCPS3, and there was a point where. I just had to give up because, like, it wasn't the beach. Like, I eventually figured out blowing up the barricade despite the fact that it was... Um, so just to explain to folks at home, um, this game doesn't emulate super well, which no. one of the main elements of why Bullet Time has been quite a nice podcast to do is that because of the eras of shooters that we cover, they either fall right into the nice thing of they got pretty decent Steam, like, PC ports, or they were all GameCube games and they'll simulate perfectly on Dolphin. This is right in the middle of this era, which will be kind of an interesting thing to dig into as well. But, um, so, because I couldn't get a PS3 in time for the episode, um, I played this through RCPS3, and this game was made with a particular look in mind, and it's one that um, the developers at RCPS3, God bless their souls for getting Demon Souls working, but they did not get Haze working because... What the bloom a, in this game is immense. <laughs> it is blinding white. This is the only game I've emulated for PlayStation 3 that has issues like this. Like, everything I've thrown at it works, and then this game just, it doesn't. Well, I was going to say, I we also, well, I don't know. Yeah, Snake, you did as well. Did you emulate um, uh, Blood on the Sand? For the, I emulated uh, Blood on the Sand, and it took a little bit of finagling, but mm -hmm. once, I got, once I got past the issues, like, like butter, perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely okay. smooth sailing, no issues. Uh, Dead Souls crashes occasionally, kind of unpredictably. Otherwise, it's the only way you're going to experience Dead Souls without frame drops, which is a bizarre way to experience it. That's, that's Turns out good... that game is not meant to be in slow motion. Um, ah, that that wasn't that wasn't a design conceit by um, by the no. by the Yakuza team. No, uh, apparently not. Oh dear. Um, this though, no, I I did not have the pleasure of emulating Hayes because I I watched you play it and you couldn't get six axis controls working. So uh, yeah, you oh, had but... this hilarious experience <laughs> of every time you got set on fire, you were fucked. Yeah. Uh -huh. So here's the secret of how to get past that: just don't get hit. Oh yeah, just no, I think, retrying. No, I, yeah, I, I, don't worry. I think about that pretty quickly. <laughs> hey, hey, just no damage run haze. Yes, one, so, I, one cc so, this bitch. So with the car, that does have to be set on fire because that's when it teaches you about the fire. But when you fight the flamethrower, guys, yeah, it just it just turns into John Wick X. You just yes. remember where everybody is and just move past them perfectly. Oh, yes, here's pretty the thing, much. here's the funny part about that, because I remember watching you stream, and it was perhaps the most comedic thing in this game. Actually, no, there is something that is funnier that's, than anything that's ever happened There's in There's a few any things game. funnier than that but in this game. You but. got set on fire and then went through a checkpoint, and the checkpoint registered you as being on fire. It became this 10 to 20 minute long experience of you trying to perfect play this car sequence because there is a body of water so it became can i get good enough at this sequence is this, to get to the is body this of motor water? storm will this work 
And you I, did. I am so but, glad I didn't do the thing I originally intended when I got to the flamethrower, guys. I was going to just power through it and get to the checkpoint. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. I learned my lesson at that point. We uh, we didn't try that. Uh, God, where, the, where do we even start with Haze? Because, yeah, I don't know. I just want to say right up front, folks. Um, this isn't the worst game I played for bullet time, but this is pretty close. This This game is genuinely miserable for yeah. a lot of different reasons well it's okay so i'll i'll try and do my best breaking it down uh where do we start so 2008 people at free radical are a bit fed up because they've been fucked about on every game they've done so far yeah and, and oh yeah no we, we can get it we can get into that around <laughs> yeah, yeah but but just the point is they decided i think at some point someone decided let's make something that will actually sell and so they made a, they attempted to make a Halo killer. And yeah, uh, do you want to know backfired. something? Do you want to know something interesting about that? Was Apparently, that according to the annals of time, neither Ubisoft nor Free Radical Design ever referred to their game as a Halo oh, killer. Never mind then. So oh. that was just an unfortunate bit of reputation for you. That was them. entirely created by the press. Who I, said I think that, people saw the helmet and that was it. Okay. Not right, only that. No, not only that. Well, we we can go into it. We can we can go All into right. it. There's a lot of fun details about this because 2008, we are a year away from Modern Warfare. I, or is it a year after Modern Warfare? Yeah, no, Modern Warfare is 2007. Right? 2007 Modern Warfare, yeah. And, yeah. It's so noticeable. We are, <laughs> yeah, we are within the post-Modern Warfare. So, like, the immediate next COD, like, game is World of War, which... People like, but it is very kind of like, are we doing this again? And that's where Treyarch goes, no, we'll do Black Ops. For the, like, this is what people like. We're going to go fall in on the modern stuff and we're going to do Black Ops for the next one. Um, this is also a year after the Orange Box. And this is when like Left 4 Dead comes out. Um, <coughs> uh, interestingly enough, and we'll get into this a little bit, Ubisoft also puts out Far Cry 2 this year. So basically a good year for games that people will make video essays about but we're never going to cover on bullet time because the I was bit... I was complaining to Above Up about essay cliches earlier on, and I totally forgot Far Cry Two is one of those bloody things. Yeah, Far Cry Two, Fallout Three, and um, uh, what's it called? Dark Souls. That those are the three kings, baby. Yeah, you got to make, make a video about at least one of those things. Funnily enough, Fallout Three also came out uh, this year, so we got a lot of. Yeah, we got this. Is like uh, like bad company comes out this year. Gears two comes out this year. Army of two comes out this year. Uh, MGS four and Death Space also come out this year. So th we are in like this is peak bullet time territory now. This is like the age of the shoot set. Which forget two thousand eight, two thousand and bait. Yeah, two thousand and two thousand and hey, if you're not a fan of FPS games, which hopefully you're not, because otherwise why wouldn't you be why are you listening to this podcast, you know? To reaffirm your hatred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> They've been really annoyed with all the um the the time splits episodes like why are they why are they being so nice about them? I thought these games were meant to be shit. But uh, no don't worry folks, this is this is the episode for that. Yeah. Um but yeah we don't really get two thousand and eight without modern warfare and we don't really get modern warfare if not for halo and arguably time splitters which both of these like well in middle of honor i suppose the like the three kings essentially of fps games that everybody's kind of riffing on and as you yeah have pointed out snake 
So to go back to the Time Split is Future Perfect episode, which feels like so long ago at this point, even though it was only a week ago that we recorded it. <laughs> yeah, Winky. of course. Um, like, yeah, as you said, EA publishes it and they drop, um, they, they basically, yeah, they, they drop um, Free Radical because they say, yes, it didn't sell. But the reason that it didn't sell is because they didn't throw a marketing budget behind it because they used that marketing budget to sell GoldenEye Rogue Agent, a game that only exists because Free Radical Design, when they were at Rare, made GoldenEye. So it's like... The past came back to haunt them. In a, in a really weird way, yeah. I never I think, thought about that, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but there was also something that we kind of hit upon weirdly in the Time Split Future Perfect episode, or at least it was something that kind of like... Purposeless, purposeless Rabbit Hole has kind of opened my third eye on it a lot bit, which was Time Splitters Future Perfect is like such a good game to just demonstrate just like all of their skills. Because like Time Splitters 2 I, I prefer more just because it's a bit more of a streamlined experience, but like the shooting in that is really good, the map maker is really good, the arena like uh, the arcade mode is really good. But then in the third one they go, well we know that we can do all that stuff really well so why don't we also add, like, vehicle sections? Why don't we add, like, a gravity gun? More of a story. And they put this game out, which has got, like... It's doing everything to a really high caliber. And yeah, just because EA doesn't really push it, and I guess... Time Split has always been really loved, but it's never been, like, a mega... It's never been, like, a Halo or a Medal of Honor-style mega hit. It feels like a yeah. wrong place, wrong time. Companies not knowing what to do with it, how to sell it. Yeah, And there's such an irony in that first two games weren't pushed by the company because they had no idea how to market them. And then EA turns around on the third game and says, well, TimeSplitters 2 did well, so we don't actually need to market you. We're yeah. going to put all the money into yeah. this absolute trash fire. And then, oh my God, it doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah, what, what a surprise. <laughs> How did this? How did we come to this? And Dear, ah, guys, we really, we really fucked it up this time. And it's funny considering, like, yeah, with with the black episode where it was the thing off. Oh, you guys made uh, Burnout Free Takedown. You can do whatever you want. Oh, people didn't get this kind of tongue-in-cheek FPS game. You're only going to make racing games uh. from now on. And the funny part is, the marketing of this game is also just a bizarre flub oh yeah because the trailers came out and they are completely non-indicative of the tone story of the game <laughs> and that's because ubisoft was making them fucking rewrite everything yeah. so Constantly. the villain of this story folks at home is french publisher ubisoft who have been around since the 1980s publishing commodore 64 games and the like um what is it Rayman where I guess they kind of hit this? I guess not. Maybe no. It's probably the Rainbow Six games, right? Where they become. Like well, that's a when mega. they come in with um, Tom Clancy. Yeah, when they become I don't like know a where mega Ubisoft publisher. Really took yeah. off. I, I don't. I but think they, Rayman was like an early kind of mascot for like 32-bit platforming, but it didn't really yeah. take off that much. Like it didn't help PlayStation as much as Crash did later on. Oh no, and like, I think it was maybe more of a bigger hit on the Amiga in like European, and you know, and like Michel Ancel overnight became like, you know, yeah. French kid Miyamoto, because like they kept him on and he did like Beyond Good and Evil and Rayman 2 and stuff. But yeah. No, it's definitely like, I think Rainbow Six and then especially Splinter Cell on the PS2 and the Xbox, they just become like 
white hot. And then, you know, they do the Prince of Persia reboot, which people, you know, Beyond Good and Evil, which isn't a big seller, but because it's of this beloved. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then come the 360 era, like Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, like all, the, uh, you know, the, the Rainbow Six, you know, Vegas games. They just become this like mega publisher. And with that, they never quite reconciled the fact that oh yeah, but we're also artists at the end of the day. We're also we're also creatives, you know. We got a lot of got a lot of deuces. And I don't know, I think of it in regards to Snake, like I don't know how much you didn't really put it so much in your video on Watch Dogs Legion, but we did talk a little bit about it behind the scenes, but Ubisoft as a publisher is maybe like there are a lot I find them a lot easier to dislike than say EA, which I know is a weird I thing. I do as well. I it's, do too. Yeah. <laughs> there is a there is a maybe a certain pretension about it, but yes, EA will be pricks to your face. Ubisoft at least have the pretension of this air of like, oh, we can we can do this great stuff. We can be so artsy, and I, I did kind of go into my Legion vid that. I hate how they dress themselves up in a way that other publishers don't bother with. Because EA might functionally be worse, but I prefer the honesty in how much of a piece of shit they are. No, yeah, and at fair. least it still feels like EA today. Because they have feet like I think maybe it's because of the fact they have FIFA and Madden money. They still do take weird risks on stuff like It Takes Two and Ubisoft Sea of Solitude. Was doing that for a period with UB Arts projects. Yeah, yeah. and then there they seemed to There was a weird that. period where, in my mind, and this I don't mean this to make them sound positive because it absolutely is not. No, sure. I was, in my mind, they were like a British actor who would do six months in the States doing Hollywood and then come back and do six months in the theatre where they actually cared about the art of it. Not that I think Ubisoft actually cared about the art of it, but there was oh, you do this big popular project and then you funnel that into the weird stuff that you actually care about. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit more like EA is, like, their Exxon, where they have an oil drilling platform, but they will spend their money on, like, Rothko to paint, like, these big, brilliant pieces of art for public works. Has EA ever done the thing that Ubisoft did where they gave away, like, free DLC or a game that was already cheap to begin with to waive <laughs> the rights, like, in the description <laughs> for the public lawsuit that is happening for the entire public? Uh, no, I can't believe they have, no. That is, uh, I believe that's more of a, that's a, that's Ubisoft, a Ubisoft thing. thing. Yeah. That's a tactic. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That uh, was for Assassin's Creed, I think. <laughs> uh, I believe so, yeah. And it's funny because, like, Ubisoft is such a massive company that, like, from what I understand, the Montreal team, like Patrice Desilaire and the Assassin's Creed people, like, they all do seem to function like a proper company and everybody does get on very well there. But then you hear, like, horror stories out of, like, Paris and Milan and stuff yeah. like that that they never quite... So, I don't know. And, like, this is definitely... If you if you were waiting for the episode to like radicalize you and turn you into a folk on gamer, this is the one because this is the because. <laughs> well, I'll get into it in a second because I just want to very quickly mention. You sent about, me a warning yesterday. It's like I've been doing more research, and oh boy, the episode tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I had to turn on my we I had to turn off my webcam because I am in like full like balaclava and like combat fatigues while I'm on this episode. I'm. You switched um, I'm, sides. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to drive up you to Reflections. You are driving a car bomb out in front of the Ubisoft offices like the IRA. No, the funny... Uh, I'm going to leave a car bomb outside of Ubisoft Reflections and the guy's going to come out and he's going to do the driver 
tutorial from the beginning of that game where he hits all of the <laughs> all of the orange cones and does like an like a J turn and stuff like that. And I'm gonna be like, oh, I can't blow that up. That was fucking awesome. And he did it in one go. Amazing. And also, it was a nectar bomb. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, mm. which caused him to go mad and drive into the wall. Um, Free Radical are in a weird place at this point because I think, and I don't want to read too much into it. And I've tried to do as much research as I can, but. I think they are pissed off about the fact that people love times. People are supposed to, like time splitters is a critical darling, but it's not a sales success. And they're kind of asking themselves, well, has the tide turned like our FPS James changed? Cause again, you have medal of honor, which is starting to make inroads into, you know, Oh, this could be a bit more important. This, you can play games about being your granddad at D Day, but it's an FPS game, you know. It was this very depressing period, which I think we're still kind of well suffering from the effects on of AAA standardization. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it like the PS3 evocation of games because when they showed that console off at what E3 2004 2005, one of the first demos that they showed off was the Heavy Rain one, where it's Madison's face getting hit by heavy rain and they're going you've never seen a games console that can do this in real time before and like suddenly everybody the eggs in everybody's brains cracked in regards to finally we can do what we've wanted games to do since metal metal gear solid or ff7 Poor games as are women's faces i, I kind yeah, of feel I, that that is older but yeah no you're right yeah no it's definitely old. like i think yeah. probably since I, i'm kind maybe. of I think I'm with above up in a way, but talking about general games media is this really feels like the era where it, people were trying to be mature about yes. it in this really, yeah, really like the thing. So the thing that I feel you, you is that um, the yeah. PlayStation Two uh, pros- processor was like the emotion engine, I think. Yes. Yeah. So it, they were already like trying to go in that direction, but like PlayStation Three, they really like finalized it. And I think GTA Three is probably the maybe the. The, maybe the points of that where it's like oh this game is like for adults because it like references goodfellas and stuff yeah. oh every game could be mature but more importantly they could be art and by art we mean games can be as respected as films so yeah. let's try and make games like films and so you get heavy rain which is just it's i mean it's just fucking dragon's lair with depression it's shit like <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, oh, my son's been kidnapped. I'm going to stab the exit button. And, and like, there were years where people were like, oh, yeah, but this game is like, this is a genuinely brilliant piece of writing. I remember like, that, yeah. Well, where the guy puts the fucking glasses on and says, okay, I'm going to check my, uh, I'm going to check the crime scene now in my VR helmet. You know, it's like, it's yeah, well, this is a transitional period as well. So, and I, the reason I mention that is because. You have, like, the PS3, I think, is, like, the reason I mentioned PS3 is because you have Naughty Dog, who become a Sony studio at that point, better known for Crash and better known for Jack and Daxter at this point, go, well, this is the way that the tide is turning, so maybe we should try and make a mature game as well. And, like, their game is Filmer's idea is essentially, well, why don't we make, Ind- well, Amy Hennig says, let's make Indiana Jones, and they come up with Uncharted. But then Insomniac says, well, Call of Duty is what people like, so... Why don't we also make a war game? But because we're the Ratchet and Clank guys, we're going to do like a weird sci-fi version of it. And they do Resistance Fall of Man, which is like 
a, a game we will probably cover a bullet time at some point. It's uh, the brownest game ever made. I honestly sure forgot is. that existed until you mentioned it just as, now. I forget it as well. It's come up multiple times, and that's the first time I think it's come up on this podcast where I instantly remembered it. Wow. It's the first time. It's the first time it's come up which it hasn't been one of the uh, quiz answers where you have to guess like what games in the chat. Again, those games were always top sellers because they were like first party Sony. They're yeah. bizarre in that they had no actual lasting cultural impact, but in the moment they were, well, they seemed important if you were listening to gaming news. Yeah. No, and you also had like Sucker Punch, obviously, they did the Sly Coopers, but they do Infamous, which I think is probably... I mean, Uncharted I like, but I think in, uh, Infamous is still quite gamey, so it's still... Like, that kind of appeals more to, like, teen boys oh, than, like, you're not going to give it to your dad who watches The Sopranos and say, hey, you like gritty urban realism? Play Infamous, where you can hop around on buildings and shoot lightning, you know? It's funny, um, I kind of love that Hayes is right in the middle of this transitional period yes, of yeah. games trying to be mature, and I kind of realized I love the 2005 to 2010 where their idea of mature is every sad line from a movie set to the dumbest music you've ever heard or it's what if barney the dinosaur had a leather trench coat on it's like can yeah. we take something that was kiddie and made it like but i <laughs> Like, I think the perfect one is the fucking Bomberman reboot on the Xbox 360. <laughs> oh, Act where Zero. Act Zero, yeah. Act Zero, where, he, where they've made him look like he's got, like, chains coming off his arms and stuff, and he's like, Bomberman? That little guy? What? Why, why does he look like this guy? What, what did he do? I also um, kind of mean the sense of maturity in that it's kind of edgy, but without any idea why. Oh, it's, yeah, it's Prince of Persia. It, well, it's, it's Shadow the Hedgehog, I guess, is maybe... Uh, to maybe use a bit of a mean example, or like the or like the Dark Prince in um, you know uh, Prince of Persia to whatever that one's it's uh, juvenile maturity. Yeah, I kind yeah. of I kind of prefer it to around the time of The Last of Us when they sussed out. Oh no no no! You just kind of be a bit miserable. You just oh, kind yeah. of be downbeat, and you have characters talk in very hushed. You know, uh, it's the new it's the new video game age of mumblecore. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, exactly. We're now in like the mumble and it's funny because a lot of people kind of like threw that flack at um yeah, um what do they call them? Like walking simulators, and they were like, boo, these are the games that invented it. It's like, no, these are indie developers who just want to make like little 3D play spaces to explore and read poetry. No, it is like it was The Last of Us that just kind of popularized. Oh, what if we did like you know how in Gears of War there's sections where you have to walk and talk, but then you have like weird arcade shooting. What if we just removed the weird arcade shooting stuff and mostly just had to be walking and talking? And also, and no mentions of any giant worms. No, that is, no to be honest, I, I will say that is my biggest problem with the Last of Us TV show Not, and the game as well. But I wish they had fixed in the TV show no big worms. My, I know you don't like the Gears of War game, Snake, but in Gears of War Two, there is a level. Where there are big I underground. Know, I, you see, here's the thing, James. I don't like him, but I co-op the first three with a friend. And but I, I'm explaining this to you, but I'm also explaining it to the audience at home as well. But there are big stone worms who live under the ground, and they love eating these big juicy fruits that grow on the wall. And if you shoot the fruits down, you can move them and use them as cover. And it feels like it feels like something that would be in like a Katamari game, and yet it's in the game where you find that like Dom's wife has been starved to death, and then he blows his brains out. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like no giant worms in the Last of Us. Not even a Joel doesn't even get a tapeworm. Like, come on. Not only that, but they go to a zoo. 
Why don't they ride the animals like a Crash Bandicoot animal riding level? (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing is, the problem is with Naughty Dog is they have such a pedigree and they just refuse to use it. Exactly. Yeah. They don't. Well, it's because they. I mean, it's because you know so many of their staff members have moved on to better things. You know, they got the animal riding guy on the Destiny team now. That's why there's so many hog riding sections in that game that I'll never know because I'll never play Destiny two. So there we go. Should Speaking we, of Destiny uh... two, though, <laughs> free Should we try and actually start talking about the game. No, no, and I am, get, I am getting down to it. Okay. The real reason I mentioned this PS3 is because. Free Radical are right and smack bang in the middle of this, and I think they feel that people think that the time slit is off is a little bit too tongue-in-cheek, a little bit like... Well, cheeky, I guess, is the only really word I can give for it, because, yeah, it's this silly game about time travel with monkeys in it, and they do try with Second Sight to be a bit more mature with it. And the weird thing that I discovered... And I'd say is, it succeeds quite well in telling a fun, pulpy adventure that's got, like, some dark adult elements. And that's how I... And like, we said it on the episode, but that's how I would describe... That is, like, the perfect description of tone for Second Sight is pulpy. As in, it feels like like a French comic book or something where the tone can move quickly between jovial to serious to conspiratorial and, like, action... Pa- like, it does do that line really well. And the funny thing is, is that researching into this game... A weird thread across all of Free Radicals games going all the way back to Perfect Dark at uh, at Rare was they wanted to kind of analyze violence in games and like the act of committing violence. So in Perfect Dark, you have it where you can hold up certain soldiers and like guys in the level and they go, I'm just doing it like, don't hurt me. I'm just doing my job. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. You give them a bit more personality. And then you get to Second Sight, and this was something we didn't mention on the episode, but like the game does kind of track how many people that you're killing. Like It does kind of encourage to go for non-lethality. And it comes to a head where in the CIA, like in the level where you're sneaking through the CIA, if you kill all the Janices, the, the big bad of the game comments on it and says, you, you know, you're no better than like me. Like you are, a, you are a killer. You've killed all these innocent men all the way along. And it's like, huh. And okay. it's, it's funny as well, there's um there's a stats menu in the game, and it's usually it's interesting to read and it's a bit it's a bit dry in a lot of places, though it does track some fun stuff, but instead of just tracking your kills, it says, you know, blood spilt, which is yeah. a much more fascinating way of putting it. It always makes me think of um Alpha Protocol, where it doesn't track um it doesn't track People it tracks it. orphans created. Orphans created, yeah. <laughs> and it does actually, funnily enough, it's. I don't know how you kind of think about this, but if you're killing people in the Middle East versus like other con- like China, if you kill someone in China, it will only add like one child in the Middle East. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that detail. Oh no, <laughs> that's interesting, wow. isn't it? The orphans created is weighted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, and I have no way to prove this. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I reckon Chris Avalon put. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> you have put a few allegedly. You know, allegedly. It might be me being more disconnected. I thought that was fun trivia. And it's as I was saying it, I realized actually that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 love it. Love it. It's cheeky early 2000s, late, um, early 2010s, late 2000s racism in your Xbox 360 games there. Fortunately, Hayes doesn't have any. Eh, I don't know. It passed. Maybe he's got a tiny bit of race. 
I, Future Perfect has the most racism in it of all the few radical games. When we do the rankings at the end of the series, <laughs> that, that goes above Homefront the Revolution, which is a despicably racist game, but the most racist game <laughs> is Future Perfect, which uh, we explain why in that episode. Um, but yeah, so basically with Hayes, they want to do like... Well, the way that they summed it up initially, when they showed this off at E3 2006, which, by the way, this is six months after Future Perfect comes out, so they are, like, back-to-back working on these projects. And the way they describe it is, Hayes is a war game that becomes a game about war. And the whole idea is, is that they want to drill into, well, why do we make games like, you know, Medal of Honor or Call of Duty? What is the appeal here? And can we sort of dig into, like, you know... Is video game violence, like, kind of, does it go part and parcel with, like, real-world violence? Which, like, we talked a tiny bit about this, but, like, above it, you kind of mentioned an an interesting point when we were streaming, which is, like, kind of, eventually, Spec Ops The Line does this idea better than kind of what Hayes was trying to do. Yeah. It it kind of felt like uh, an annoying cliche for a while, is, like, every... Every other game, every other big game that wants to feel mature is questioning video game violence, but all in the exact same way. Yes, that's yeah, and also the only how credit I feel Hayes about it. gets is that it's a little bit earlier to it. In the yeah, it is definitely, space. yeah. Like Bioshock, I think, early. is the classic example of it, where it turns out that the big crazy taxi error that's been pointing you around the game mm. actually is the bad guy, because uh, yeah, it told you to kill all these people that you weren't meant to, and you're a puppet, and it's like, ah, oh, shit, you got me. But then, like, that's like Ken Levine's, like, magic trick that he learns doing System Shock 2. He's like, oh, I'm just going to put that in every game. And then, like, everyone afterwards is like, shoot five targets. And then you shoot him and you go, actually, did you know that this targets had uh, wives and children? And it's like, ah, oh, shit, you got me there. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but Hayes, yeah, doesn't quite pull that off. Hayes is more interested in just, like, is the US, well, not, sorry, our militaries are kind of, like, is is kind of like these combat skirmishes are are they really are they for a good you know depending on what side of the war are you on like what is you know what looks like a hero may look like a villain to somebody yeah you know, what is morally right it's really war? trying it doesn't really stick it but they do have to <laughs> no. like switch sides so you like humanize both sides and it is, like, kind of ahead of the time, like, especially with The Last of Us 2, like, being recent, because, like, all the soldiers on both sides are named, and you see their names when they're, like, talking if the subtitle's on. Yep. So they are all named, and, like, there is a thing that they're trying there, they just don't really stick it, because both sides are just annoying to be around. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, the, that and... is the big problem of it, is... So... I sat down and like, I beat this a few weeks ago and the, the most appropriate part of the game being called Haze it's one of those ironic names like <laughs> fucking remember me where you go oh yeah it's called Haze because you won't fucking remember it after you're yeah. done it the, leaves you it leaves you the, so far it's like watching a Marvel movie and getting out of the cinema and you only like remember the highest highs and the lowest lows like it could be a three hour film but you maybe only remember two minutes overall of like footage and that's like how i remember like haze i I mean haze i remember the beginning because i guess i experienced it twice yeah but yeah that it is a complete it it leaves absolutely 
zero impression. Maybe, and I guess maybe that's why the journalists thought that the game was too short. They just forgot all of it. Yeah, ah, yeah, but it went to right there. <laughs> that was, that oh, was the happens? funniest thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> when we were streaming it, I think it was like four or five hours in, got to reading reviews, and it was like, all the and you and Bub Up said, all the journalists are complaining it's too short. Yeah. And me there, feeling like death fucking death warmed over thinking no it fucking isn't too and, short and I thought maybe you were exaggerating with that feeling or something but then I was playing it for myself and I had the exact same feelings and it took me no, just it, about the same time to beat it too so the, I when we, when we knew we were doing Free Radical I played this game like a few months ago and yeah streamed it to Snake and I mean the funny thing is that you said if I stop playing I'll never play this again mm. and that is what happened to me I cannot I could not return to it. It is just, it, it is awful. Yeah. It is here's so the, bad. Here's the problem with Haze that, you know, covering um, Time Splitters 1, 2, 3, these were, this was not a problem because for this, I try and remember how the game progresses, how it things break it down level sure. by level. Do yeah. this. this game is the same thing over and yes. over again. It's like, it's like you have to eat 10 bread sandwiches yep. in a fucking row. Which, I, that was what people said about Spec Ops The Line, which is like, oh, it's good because the gameplay's shit, but that's what it's meant to be like because you're numb to war. And it's like, no, the gameplay in Spec Ops The Line, it's not brilliant, but it it's good. Like, you know, you know it's uh, uh, this is like the funniest thing about people who say that because I don't love the gameplay of it, but if you get a Desert Eagle and you're playing on keyboard and mouse, it's satisfying to pop headshots. So okay. I was feeling like this bizarro contrarian where it's like, Actually, this violence is great. This is banging. This is okay. <laughs> I know that's how I feel about it. It's how I feel about like arguing about the Last of Us Part Two, which I haven't like properly played, but like I've experienced it enough where like people come in and complain. And it's like you're not allowed to complain about this game because you don't like you're complaining about the wrong things. You need to be complaining about this stuff because that game has issues. But like the things that people pick on is like no, that stuff is actually done really well. It's just that game has like pacing issues all over the place, which Hayes also does. But yeah. the major pacing issue with Hayes is that he, it was a seven hour stream and that game could have cut at least seven hours out of it and been <laughs> a lot better for it. Oh, jeez. I just so, want to quickly mention though. So they had next gen ambitions in mind in regards to their writing. And alongside that, this wasn't writing. the engine that they built for time. Like they had been tweaking their time splitters engine all the way along with um two and then with second sight and then with three but the thing i kind of forgot to mention as well with my whole weird ps3 thing is the fact that the hd era just really fucks a lot of things up in regards to just the complete a tier and double a tier just disappeared because like Games development became far too expensive. It became really expensive, but also like the PlayStation Three was just very difficult to develop it was for. In, uh-huh, which um, and, and all the interviews that I read for this before the indie boom. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. And all it, the stuff I read for this, they built the good. engine in mind for the PS Three, and there was stuff that they had planned. For example, some that maybe would have given this game a bit of a saving grace. So the interesting thing that we noted in all of the Time Splitters games was that starting with one they were really interested in bots and like having a bot infrastructure in place and all that and haze was going to be the evolution of that in regards to it was meant to kind of compete with halo 3 in regards to that did four player co-op but they were going to give you the four player co-op experience by giving you free ai partners that were all meant to be quite robust and sophisticated 
the same way that like the bots and the multiplayer like they had done in previous time splitters. They put that in the engine and then they try and put it in the PS3. And apparently, no, none of these tools are built for working on the <laughs> on the PS3 engine. This is uh, on cell technologies. This just ain't happening. So, and that was a year up... of development down the drain. Ah. Uh, uh, speaking of a year of development down the drain, um, the game need apparently needed a couple more months in the oven, and then Ubisoft told them we don't want this to compete with Far Cry 2. So you put it out in three weeks, so you don't put it... Well, you put it out on this day, or you don't put it out at all. That explains a lot. <laughs> so they And Ubisoft rushed. was having them do rewrites throughout. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, uh, is why oh. the marketing doesn't make sense, and the story doesn't the, make sense. This is also what radicalized me on it. Um, apparently Ubisoft put a bunch of new producers on it, and in order to basically show that they were like, oh, keep me in, coach, I'm a, I'm a great guy... That they had like the weirdest rewrites and creative control over the game to the extent that if anybody at Free Radical raised a like a complaint about it, they were fired. Oh, that oh, was within wow. the clause with Ubisoft was, yeah, no dissenters, get rid of them. So basically, they had to all fall in line, and basically, in the last few months of development, they had to take all of their other members of staff and put it on the game, which. I would be remiss not to mention this, mostly for um, a listener called Rob, who has mentioned it a couple of times on the Twitter page, but one of the games that they were developing for LucasArts was Star Wars Battlefront 3, a game that for a lot of people is the white, like it's the prey to of like a white whale that's just then was so like exciting as a concept that they're never going to get, which was Everybody likes the Battlefront games, you know. The first one is all original trilogy, then it's all new, um, you know, prequel trilogy. And then the third one, the idea was with that, it was going to be like a what-if scenarios. It was going to be like weird Star Wars. You were going to have like Sith Obi-Wan and Jedi Anakin and stuff like that. And they were going to play with that. But they had to take all the members of staff of it. And LucasArts had changed hands. And they were basically like, you're dicking us about fuck you, projects done get out and so that project evaporated they had built a new engine for haze with the hope that haze would sell and they could get more projects off the back of the haze engine it comes out and everybody says this game looks and plays like shit and so all their potential haze projects also goes up in smoke so yeah they are completely fucked by this game jesus god <laughs> yep <laughs> It all goes up and... So, that feels like the, uh... Perfect segue. It's talking about... Yeah. <laughs> the Nadia <laughs> of all this, of them getting fucked by producers and publishers non-stop is... Oh, Christ. I don't even know how to fucking put that. I'm going to start this with, with your perfectly succinct review of the game that you said weeks ago, that Haze is generation kill for idiots. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's. I threw that at you a few times because I was like, that is just the way of putting it. But yeah, hearing all of that, it makes a lot of sense because I was playing it and I think like the general like controls, how it feels, the feeling uh -huh. of the guns, like they have a basis there. They just don't yeah. get anywhere with it. <laughs> no, it, like everything feels, it's, it's like a pizza, like the base is there, yeah. but 
it hasn't been sourced. The cheese is like barely on there and there's no toppings. And it's like, there we go. Sorry, guys. We, we're closing the restaurant in two minutes. We, are, forever. we already so shut off the oven. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, everyone's <laughs> gone home. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's really a shame because I, I was really surprised at how nice the guns feel. But then there's also like four guns in the game. There's like yeah. no variety. It's the most dog shit boring selection of weapons you can find. And then you have this mechanic uh, when you like switch sides to the rebel where you can like pick up uh, ammo and turn it into any other type of ammo. And then you can choose like which assault rifle do you want to keep using? Are you going to switch to the one that where it takes longer to get the ammo or are you just going to like switch guns? <laughs> I know. Snake, you wanted to, you mentioned the marketing a few times. I think you wanted to mention it, but did you see the line um, from one of the developers, which was just basically like, Ubisoft gave away the twist in the fucking advertising and said there was like no point to play the game. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. Wow. Yeah. So they had planned more stuff and the twist of you going to the other side originally was meant to happen much later in the game. And there was going to be more of a thing of do you do it? Like, kind of, like almost like you'd have a taste of both worlds and then decide, you know, do you stick or flip essentially? Obviously, because of the rewrites and the amount of changes and tweaks, they had to slim it down a lot. A lot of sec- apparently the section where you go onto a boat, uh, there's a section where you go onto a uh, onto a beached boat. Yeah, originally that wasn't going to be beached. Um, that that weird land carrier, which is like a big battleship that goes through a jungle. Yeah, that wasn't originally a land carrier. That was also a boat. <laughs> it's, uh, it, aren't there actually, like, life rafts on the side of it that work? Uh, from- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering how stupid every fucking character in the game is, I can actually believe some, like, nectar-up soldiers trying to rowboat through the jungle grounds. Like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's also just We're so going, weird boys. because the flow of that game, like, that whole first section when you're, I guess, on the ground carrier is what it mm-hmm. is like you get in the helicopter you go to your mission you fly back you get on another helicopter on the same day and fly somewhere else like the game feels like it takes place across like two days oh yeah no it, it feels like yeah it just rushes by yeah really. like nothing happened <laughs> yeah just everything happens really quickly like it, it's such a weird flow it doesn't make any uh, sense let me actually quickly break down the actual plot of this game so we've been talking around yeah. it to anyone who yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. know let, let me just can... quickly let me just quickly broad strokes the plot of this game before i have a broad stroke so <laughs> you fucking you're a guy called carpenter uh, I, so Shane Carpenter, which Shane folks Carpenter. at home, if you're paying attention, that's two for two now on a video game protagonist named after um, horror directors. Yeah. Uh, in the previous episode, guys, the character's name was Jake Ramey. So there we go. And um, you enlisted for a company called Mantel because you were a, you're a college dropout and... Y- Shane was radicalized by the Mantel Corporation propaganda to enlist and go to this other country, and uh, it's, they, they're doing bad stuff over there. So, there's, did there's, you figure out where the no? Where, where, where is Hayes set? South America. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. I, I googled. I was like, is this game set in Bolivia? No, according to the game, it is set in the Boa region of South America. There is no such thing as the Boa region of South America, but there are a lot of Boa constrictors in South America, in Peru, Brazil, and, and also Bolivia. Also, this game is filled with snakes. Yeah, very true. 
And, uh, well, um, as given away the twist, so you're going over there, you're fighting, and all of your fellow soldiers are dipshits. They're all gung-ho idiots who believe they're liberating the nation from a terrorist cell that's terrorizing them hand, and eating people. Except one guy. That's important. Ex- yeah, yeah, except, except one for one guy. guy. Yeah, no, no, no. The, 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 this is a, so. Like, I reread the Wikipedia page because I said this to you like the other day. Like, oh, when you read the plot, it actually makes sense. But you play the game, and it's like, wait, when the fuck did that happen? I don't. It, remember. It's because of the time period is too short. <laughs> yeah. If you read the plot summary, the image you fill in in your head of the plot can make sense. But then you actually play it, and technically, all the events in that plot summary happen. They just absolutely fail to convey yeah. any of the meaningful details. Now, important note for folks at home. This is a FPS game of the late 2000s, which means that this game has a gimmick. It actually has two exciting gimmicks, but the first gimmick that it introduces is Nova Ketothyrazine, or as they call it in-game, Nectar, which is a super soldier serum kind of thing it's I, a I, drug yeah, yeah it's, makes, it's, it's a stimulant yeah. basically yeah it's um it lets you ignore the horrors of war and heightens your senses and makes you a soup soldier but you can also overdose on it and it kills people yes yeah and uh, uh, obviously the t- <laughs> sorry go on so mechanically you can it's it's part of the plot but also it's like a mechanic that you do get to use a little bit and essentially it's it's like it's like Max Payne, right? It just it slows the game down a little no, bit and no, highlights all the enemies. No, it doesn't slow the game down whatsoever. It just heightens your awareness. Oh, okay. and so in the, the PS3 screen. emulation version, it may look like the game's. <laughs> it may look like bullet time, but it's actually not. That's the end. That's the game <laughs> slowing down on PCs. Now all I oh, noticed I was that you actually move faster yourself. Like your movement speed oh, goes yeah, up. Oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you move faster. Your health goes back up, and all the enemies are highlighted and disappear when you shoot. Yeah, and um, considering the game takes place in a jungle, and my experience of it was sat several feet away from the screen, that was actually helpful for yep, my yeah. fucking blind ass. Um, I mean, the good. game has three colors, so it's very easy to lose enemies. <laughs> yeah. Brown, yellow, and green. Um, and yeah, brown, yellow, just, and bloom. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, brown, yellow, and bloom. There's not actually much plot beyond that point. You're just kind of gunning down rebels in the jungle for a bit. Oh, ho- no, hold on. Now, hold why, on. Why, are, no, why, now, why are they in, quote-unquote, the Boa region? Well, the, fight in the, um, promised the, hand, the, the company the... line is to liberate it. The yeah, from, from the Promised Hand, who have been eating people, pl- uh, sorry, ethnic cleansing plus, quote-unquote, crimes against humanity. And you're off to go and find a guy... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing already. The guy who Skin Coat Marino is the head of the promised hand who eats people. Ah, uh, good old Skin Coat Marino. Skin Coat Marino. Skin Coat Marino. What a guy. The bad guy of this game. Uh, you know what's funny though? You never find him down H and M. You're going into a Banana Republic. You know what's also another game about a Banana Republic? Boiling Point? Donkey Kong 64? Donkey Kong 64 and Donkey Kong Country, games made by Rare. (laughs) When Free Radical were at the company, so maybe... The seeds for phase were planted all the way back then. I was shitposting with my answer, I didn't think it was serious. Makes sense now that you mention it. (laughs) I'm partially (laughs) shitposting. I mean, that's the fun of this podcast, is how much my shitposts and how much I seize. I am actually wearing a balaclava and combat fatigue, though, because I have been radicalized by this game, so... I'm wearing Um, a full-body powered armor, so... Now, Snake, before we move on as well, very important question. 
What are the names of all of Shane Carpenter's squad mates? Now, I could cheat because I do have a notepad where I've written them down, but it's not currently up. So, I Duval, Watchstrap, yep. yeah, yep. and um, Scratch. I, no, I genuinely can't remember the last one. Okay, so you got Watchstrap and Duval. There's two more. Um, one is Pesci, who is Watchstrap's friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Pesci is in the game. Yeah. And uh, Corporal... Te- um, so it's Sergeant Morgan Duval. Oh, and then Cor- Corporal Tear, who... Um, yeah, you did uh, point out earlier above up. Yeah, Corporal Tear is... Uh, he's a... He, you know, everybody in your group is like, oorah, yep. shaved heads, like, you know, crushing beer bottles on their head. And uh, Corporal Tear, not so much. He's a little bit... Uh, you know, he, he smells... Uh, sounds a little bit funny yeah. about this whole war. He gets sent home over it. <laughs> He's not yeah. taking his did drugs. I, uh, in this intersection where you're like talking to all of your squaddies, and they they are like frat boys, don't they say? It, isn't it like a very late two thousands game because they all say the f word and the r word? Yeah, yeah. One of them does call you the other f word um, yep. at some point during the game, which man, that was that did genuinely take me by surprise. There's been two games that we've. Well, the other one was not a surprise when it came up, but this one was like, huh, okay. For, for fans of RuPaul at home, it wasn't F-word in an affectionate way, it was F-word in a derogatory way, so there you go. Yeah, there's also the late game part where uh, they're breaching like the ship when you're like trying to hack the computers, oh, yeah. and they complain about <laughs> oh, <yeah>. liberals. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel uh, yeah, like that's they, a line from the original script that they figured, well, we're this late into it, they're not going to notice <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> now, this game came out in 2008, and the Iraq War was yeah. in full effect from five, from five years previous. I got a wonder, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I did see some mentions uh, from the developers hmm. that the original script was to be like about the Bush administration and the war in Iraq. <laughs> Um, and Ubisoft basically, it wasn't so much a thing of like, make it less political. It was more just like, can you keep changing the location of the game? <laughs> like, they just weren't happy with wherever they said it. And it's funny that they did end up on South America, considering that Africa and South America are two completely different continents. But you could see like, you know, somebody who was a little less educated might say, oh, these two games look the same. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to buy Haze because it's less letters. And it's also, I mean, it's also just, it's very on-the-nose analogous to Nectar is a very clear stand-in for oil, and there's big lies about why we're invading this yes. place. Yes. Oh, yeah, or the even like Coke or something. The rebels are excuse because they're sending soldiers that are on this drug to go to this nation to get more of the drug. So it's basically uh-huh. like the first Avatar movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This is what James I mean, Cameron got his ideas. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He played Haze and he said, you know what, shit execution, I reckon I could do better. And he did. And then Ubisoft came calling a year later and said, hey, let's make the Avatar <laughs> game. Um, but, of course, again, just broad strokes in the plot, because this game has a lot of funny moments. It, mm-hmm. I kind of played this game to get to the frat boy dialogue, because it's absolutely what, just hilarious. Just yeah, dudes it, it, jumping it, it, into each other's chest, shouting, boosh! It, 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 it is like, um, what's it called? It was, is it in GCA 4, um, Republican Space Marines or whatever? It is very, yeah, like, Republican on the nose. Yeah, it, it's that dude from GTA 4, like the frat boy dude. I forget his name. But there was, like, that... Oh, uh, what, the bald... Bo- oh, what, Johnny, the bald guy? Probably. Johnny Clebitz. It, it's been a very long time since I played GTA. Yeah. 
Uh, I, uh, I think it's Johnny Klebitz, and I mean, that was kind of a knowing mockery yeah. of those kind of dudes. But this was all... I mean, the tricky part about this game is this game is trying to thread a needle that it absolutely fucking can't find. It just has the needle. It has no fucking thread. No, just... and this was, like, this was the part where I was kind of like, is maybe Free Radical a little bit too rareware to quite pull off dialogue like this? Because, again, they do well in... Um, second side, but that's still very pulpy, whereas this does kind of need a slight more level of grit to it, whereas the only grit they can do is like comical grit when they do like, you know, Conker's Bad Fur Day, you know? Yeah. Which... Yeah, it's what I think, well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go run, run it through so go, we go, can go. actually just talk about the particulars, but You find Skin Coat and yeah. he's an old, he's just a little old guy. He's just a little old man in a woolly jack, in a woolly vest. And he says to you, there's two sides in every war. Are you on the right one? And that really makes you think, huh? It really just makes you think. Your your um, helmet's also been... Point, your, your, he your helmet has been glitching a couple of times as well. You're not quite getting the full Nexa administration. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why. There's someone who's been removed. Like, mm, yeah, like, yeah, there's so, a bunch yeah, of... Somebody's been there's fiddling around. There's a bunch of around. atrocities happening before your eyes that no one else seems to acknowledge. The game is very, very bad at presentation, so it just feels like weird stuff is happening. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. say, I only I only picked this up from rereading the plot, I, but playing the game, you don't pick that I up. I only picked it up because I'd already seen Snake play it when I was playing it. So. Yeah, it takes, a, it takes a rewatch, yeah. which maybe means it is a good game, but it's like, you're going through it, and it's just, I mean, hey, the game is called Haze, you're in a bit of one. It's like... Okay, the game, the, the scenes are trying to say something, but it's drowned out by how fucking stupid everything feels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a, there is a pilot who somehow died despite having no injuries, and oh, there's the massacre of civilians, and a, and a guy just murdering him is like, oh, I was putting down an animal. But because everyone is such a dickhead anyway, you just kind of assume that when he said he was putting down an animal, he was prima facie just saying yeah i just killed that guy i think he didn't well, actually just understand what he was well, doing he is a meat point, eater of course he yeah. is a, he is a it's carnivore. like being a passive the god that's one of the great lines of dialogue from this game being a pacifist between wars is like being a vegetarian between meals <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the funniest and the thing is they're trying to make a point but that line is so he also keeps going back to it funny like that character just keeps going back to that like that's his character that's his thing from that yeah, point like, on he thinks he has scored a slam dunk yeah yeah he thinks yeah he thinks it's like such a clever line and it's like what um, I will say as well is that like it does try to tell a story, but the engine is so half baked. It's like it's like the robots from the Hall of Presidents trying to do like Blood Meridian. It mm. just it just doesn't work. Oh yeah, speaking of lines that don't work and like rewrites, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the subtitles keep saying like those jacknecks are in for some real trouble, but the actual voice line is those junkies are in for some real trouble. <laughs> oh, they cool. rewrote it, but they didn't re-record the line. So one of the things about Nectar, and um, this goes into gameplay, is that it hides the atrocities of war. Yes. And to that end, when you're hopped up on Nectar, dead bodies disappear, which is really dumb because no matter how fucking stupid you are, you're still firing guns at people. Hiding the bodies afterwards doesn't... Uh, whatever, that's me getting... No, that's me being I can, I can see it in two it. ways, which is, again, if, I, if I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, no, actually, this is a brilliant work, which is not. Two things. One, which is... 
Well, if you're all a bunch of American soldiers and you've been sh- sold like a really shiny version of the sport, yeah, you don't want to see the drudges you're doing. Okay. Number two, bad FPS games. It, well, I say bad FPS games. A limitation of old FPS games was they had to hide bodies. So potentially that's rare making a point. Well, sorry, Free Radical being like, oh, it's like, oh, it's like war's a video game. <laughs> and then like they take you off the mantle and they go, no, actually, this is real. This is real life. This ain't no game. Yeah, like, so we should probably explain the that... story parts, like, because it comes okay, up. Okay, so you find, you find Marino. Oh, on, Marino's wait, I, wanna, a lovely I just want to wrap man. up the point I sure. was making. Which yeah, was... go for it. Go for it. Sorry. The bodies still despawn when you're playing as a rebel. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they uh, do. Also, also, you still get a health <laughs> just, just boost from kills as a rebel. Around. Like, that is still there, even though you don't have Nectar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's just, you know, I just wanted to bring that up there. It's like, the gameplay is trying, but technical limitations of undercutting the theme yeah. here. It's like they're trying to do a play, but the stage is on fire. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh... Marino, you find old man Marino, and you're nice to him, and you go, okay, but oh, oh, the squaddies that you're with, oh, they're really horrible to him. Oh, they're such, they're such jocks. They're so you mean. go into, you go into one lift, and they for some reason go into another lift, <laughs> and I think they cut off his finger, but you can't tell. Uh, they cut off they his finger, off his and finger. he has like bandages over his hand from that point on. Okay, and then and you the all get on. Hand never update their logo. Which is yeah, a hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, just put, they just put like a piece of sellotape, uh, like a bit of duct tape <laughs> over it. Um, you get onto a helicopter, you've saved the day, you got Marina, but what happens? Ah, shit, it gets blown. <laughs> helicopter gets blown, <laughs> blown to smithereens. You, you draw a gun on your mates because they're like, let's cut off both his hands. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Comedically evil. And you're like, nah, stop it, stop it. And you pull a gun and then boom, and you collapse. <laughs> Yeah, so when we watched that scene, I thought it was just that you pulled a gun out and for some reason that caused the pilot to faint because they were like, wait, the pilot's gone. What's happened? No, reading the plot, apparently a rocket hits the helicopter. Yeah. Not that you hear it. Uh, there, There is some stuff that you can notice if you like really pay attention oh, to okay. it, but it, it's like All really right. minimal. And then you land in a swamp. Yeah. And when you're in the swamp, you're no longer getting your nectar, and you start to go through nectar withdrawals, which is when we get a really spooky jump scare. <laughs> I'm so a fun fact about this because I was streaming it live, and I did have some forewarning, but a little bit of a personal thing. I am a bitch when it comes to jump scares. I am. I hate them. I'm so easily spooked. But this was so ineffectual. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's you know not even funny as snake. When yeah. I streamed it to you, we got to that part, and beforehand you'd read to me, there's a jump scare in this game. And we hit it, and we had no reaction to it. <laughs> <then either. laughs> yeah, the, the, the jump the scare is, so is literally... I forgot about the jump scare. Yeah, the jump scare is literally just the effect you get in, like, Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like when you see Samus's face, yeah. but it's a guy with yellow eyes just, like, screaming at you, and you go, ah. Oh. Huh. That's it. Yeah. Ah. You get through the swamp and you are recruited to Marino's well. side. He he gives you a speech and with the game's low FOV, you're kind of taking him through this hospital and his face takes up two Yeah, yeah his, his head is his head is ginormous, which initially we thought was a bug I, when I played it in four by three. No, no, has the game. No, I uh, I didn't want to rag on the FOV too much because I'm like used to PC shooters and not that eras of console shooters. Oh yeah. I'm not actually gonna give it too much shit, but it's yeah. just very funny in that moment. Uh-huh. That it's just right. It's like Jesus, it's like I'm long sighted. <laughs> 
I just want to quickly mention, when you're in the swamp, you do still get communication with the mantle guys, and you hear them be like, ah, shit, Shane's off the grid, and he's probably, he's probably, um, he needs a fix as well. He's gone code haze, yep. which is oh. how they managed to work in the title of the game into the game. Oh, God, that's Co- fucking torture. Yeah. Uh, co- well, a code haze, well, apparently, according to Wikipedia, a code haze is when you're off the drug for so long that you've gone mad. And what a code haze basically means is terminate with extreme prejudice. It's like Order 66. Yep. So, there we go. All right. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, we're a jet. Let's do the quiz. <laughs> 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 um, but here's the funny. So here's the funny thing about this. This is about a third of the way through the game. The game has kind of settled on its gimmick of being you're a soldier in a super suit and you can take this combat drug and it's not great, but there's something to it. But yeah. now for the remaining two thirds, the gimmicks have been replaced with far fucking worse ones. Yeah. Do you want to know? Do you want to you want to hear like a really funny like like the, the cog turned in my brain when I thought about this, which is essentially this game wanted to be a Halo killer, and well, you know how in Halo you have the according moment where to marketing outside marketing. Oh, sorry, according yeah. to the marketing, yes. Yeah. So you know how in Halo Combat Evolved you have the moment where you're on the pillar of awesome and it's like doom, it's all tight corridors and shooting. You go, oh, I don't see why this is so good, but then it crashes and then like the Wizard of Oz, you go out and it turns into a little open world game. This game does the same thing where it's Wizard of Oz moment is, is that you join the rebel side because it goes from pretty bad linear levels to maybe the worst sandbox fucking shooter levels I have ever done in a video game when you go to that beach. Those beach levels in Haze are really bad. Yeah. I, I only got through the game besides because above up very helpfully pulled out a guide yeah. And like had to walk me through the blandest environments to know where I was going. <laughs> yeah. Again, this was like a this was a free radical flex of them going, we could do Halo style. No. No, you big, can't. Big environments. One, not with this fucking engine, and two, not with like two mumps and a and a you know and a loaf of bread from fucking. And I do definitely think that some of the Halo comparisons are intentional because like you're not gonna call a vehicle like that a mule. No, uh, yeah. yeah, there is a mongoose-style uh, thing in it. Again, it was meant to be more squatty. You can play this game four-player co-op, which was something that they had to implement right at the end because of Halo 3, so... Yeah. I'm no, saying... they were um, certainly inviting the Halo comparison yeah. towards the end, but again, how much of that was Ubisoft and how much of that was them, you know? But yeah, now you're fighting for the Rebels, and that's where the plot ends. And then the plot immediately starts back up again by saying, hey... There's a beach ship on the beach. Can you go check it out? <laughs> I'm going to say, because I did stream it, I think this was genuinely the point where I I was not taking in any information. I was trying. It, it's, I, so, good lord, was I trying. But things were just, it was just lights and colors to me. Brown, Browns and whites. There's a funny detail, actually. Colors. There was a but, funny detail, actually, that I picked up on from reading the plot, which is, so... The the promise hand helps you and weans you off mantle and throws you in. They tried to do the same thing with Watchstrap, Pesci, and Devar, ah. but it didn't work, which is why they're there and they shoot at the guys in the church. Right. Ah. So so yeah, that's, that's why, why the other guy is also of the drug and why he finds the bodies. 
Oh, oh no! So the other guy who's off the drugs and finds the bodies—that was ter- that was tear from earlier. Yeah, that was the guy that yeah, yeah, quote yeah. unquote but, like, sent home. I wondered, like, if that was also because of the promised hand. Like, how did he find that? Oh yeah, maybe. That, like, that like he is suddenly of- just like dismissed from duty, and then he starts hacking into your like central machinery for the drug so you get off the drug yep. multiple times and then he shows you the bodies because he's already at that thing you're going to with the rebels oh maybe because he's the one who that's, is there that's incredibly foresighted of him of okay i'll get him off the drugs and then i'll know that this boat is here yeah. and he'll go and investigate the boat i'll go investigate uh, the boat and in I my dying moments i'll boat. be in front of the main character who i got off the drugs and I'll be able to tell him to go to the observatory, but I won't quite know why he has to go to the observatory. Well, you find out you find out why you have to go to the observatory yeah. when you're at the observatory, but they don't really tell you in the moment. You just so you kind go- of bumble around for the last two thirds, kind of learning shocking revelations. It's, funny. it's a game where you get off the drugs and fight for freedom fighters, but like the rest of the game feels like you're on fucking drugs in regards to you have no idea what's going yeah. on. You just and. It's and gameplay wise, I've already said it. The game gets worse, but you'd think, okay, so we do this setup first. Third, you're playing as a guy in power armor on a combat drug. There's a reason you're unstoppable. Then you swap to the rebel sides, and you just tear through these fucking super soldiers yeah. nonstop. Uh-huh. There's no escalation. There's no like, okay, taking on a single Mantel trooper, that's going to be dangerous because they're hopped up and they can spot you and they can do this and that. No, turns out you're the one fucking competent man in the Boa region. <laughs> and Ter knew that. That's why Ter had to get you off the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I talk about, so I mentioned earlier the one gimmick in this game was um, Nexa. Um, yeah. Let me talk about the absolute worst fucking gimmick in an FPS game, which is what's introduced here, which is you can play dead. And you will. Yeah. And he will. A lot. And it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything. It's good when you play the multiplayer mode. Well, supposedly. Well, no, it's good in the in the world's biggest quotation. Allegedly. Marks. By good. the five people Allegedly. who have played it. Uh, no, the, I did play I did so play you a ever played a Dead Ring as Spy in Team Fortress 2. It's that but fucking boring. Uh. Yeah, imagine if you played a single player version of TF2, but it was just that ability and nothing else. It's you get atrocious. shot and you can hit a button to play dead, and you will lay on the ground for about five to ten seconds, and you feel those seconds because yeah. it happens oh, yeah. so often. Then you get up and you just kind of hope that they're not going to immediately finish the job. Yeah. And they fall for it repeatedly. Well, they fall for it because they can't see you anymore, but they'll they'll yeah, vocalize they that they know you're playing dead. What, they, oh, Christ. yes. <laughs> it, it's Man, been done so, so many times. Realizing to them. this nectar isn't the best idea. Uh, the VO in the game is really. I didn't quite pick it up when I played it or you played it, but the, some of the VO like voice line choices are really bad. Sometimes the rebels say, "Thank you for driving carefully." I I never had that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most common line in the game at this point, and it became a fucking meme in chat and to us, was, remember your promise to Marino. Remember which, your promise to Marino. Remember your promise to Marino. What, was the promise <laughs> ever stated? Is that a point about not knowing why you're fighting? Was that a thematic deal? Or maybe just knowing what side you'll fight, or knowing I, what I the right side is. I think the promise is just joining the cause. Oh, okay. Yeah, basically. I mean, I mean, to spoil as well, the the end of the game as it goes on, you start to realize Marino isn't so good either. Wow. Oh, it turns out that both sides are bad. Winky, winky. Oh, no. Yeah, so, you know, the 
the Mantel soldiers didn't know what they're fighting for. They're just on drugs. They've been fed bullshit. Meanwhile, you've got all these rebels who are also fighting for, uh, you know, clandestine and unknown reasons. And is there any good in war? Is there any right side in war? He's just like Lula. So you go to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the boat. You go to the boat. Yeah, um, we're, we are skipping over gameplay sections, but that's okay because the gameplay sections are fucking... I mean, is, this is the problem. This is what I was saying earlier with the bread sandwich thing. Is you talk about times where every level feels a bit different. You've got different weapons, yeah, different yeah, yeah. objectives, cool stuff. This game is like, it's eight hours, and for the first two hours, it feels different, and then for the next six, it feels kind of different. It's genuinely, this game has right. two fucking levels. I'm, I'm going to really break down the amount of enemies. Uh, just, it won't take long. Like, people who have played it will Go. know. Uh, you have two types of soldiers, it's just which side you're on. Uh, they can have maybe yeah. two types of weapons. That's it. And there's a lot of yep. golden eye turrets. Oh, oh yeah, there is. Actually, <laughs> no, it is no. It is, it no. is a free radical yeah. game. There are. <laughs> okay, no, above up. There is actually another enemy type, and it just goes to show the fucking imagination of this the game. The helicopter. And I can't blame you for not remembering. But near the end, they introduce Mantel Black Ops. Oh, right. Who are immune. Oh, yeah. And they are immune to nectar overdosing, yes. which... Oh, that's that a mechanic think, we did mention. So as yeah. well as being able to play dead, you can also dip your knives in Nexer from soldiers and the soldier the soldiers just basically go crazy and it's a canned animation where they I, like, I do have some ideas about Nectar, but I'll get into that later. Yeah, but the the point is, you are as a rebel, you are given a few more tools, some of them being like nectar grenades and so on so you can cause overdoses in your enemies so they'll infight. But then all the the black ops specialist enemy does is they're immune to that and it's the worst kind of enemy where it's hey you know that interesting gimmick we've disabled well that's the thing like that's yeah. the a third way through the game like the game drops the whole nectar mechanic for you then like two thirds yeah. into it it drops it for the enemy as well <laughs> <laughs> it's just shedding mechanics over time <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> this is a game which is just kind of a race at the bottom of well you know it was boring well, appreciate what you got, because, buddy, <laughs> it's going to get worse. And again, it's, it's like, at least with Quake 4, the game changed, but it got better. This is just, it, the game changes, and it just keeps getting yeah. worse and worse. Because, like, the deeper you get into the game, the more turrets you fight. And, like, turrets are just oh, static yeah. things that you have to shoot down. There's no mechanics to it. They don't move around. No. There's nothing there. <laughs> And I and they're not tricked by... They're not tricked by... No, you can't throw a knife at them, no. Oh, it's so fucking bad. It's like, it's the worst kind of school of game design where, okay, we have an interesting gimmick. How do we make enemies interesting? How about an enemy that ignores the gimmick? Uh, but it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, I mean, the enemy designs, as in artistically, were interesting in time splitters, but, like, in regards to mechanics, they were, like, pretty simple. But then it didn't really matter. Well, because the core, shoot, the core shooting was yeah. fun. Yeah, unless like unless you're fighting robots in Time Splitters Two, which sucks, or zombies oh. in Time Splitters One, uh, which sucks. Oh, yeah, Time yeah, Splitters, yeah. it helps solid. that there's multiple guns and that there's like level variety. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and even the turrets don't feel like, you know, or even the cameras, because again, it's got that kind of golden eye close quarters things of you know peek and pop. Yeah. This doesn't have this. I mean, this game has close quarters, but they're all fucking disgusting. They're all like <laughs> gross, rusted metal and um, rooms with really high ceilings. Yes. <laughs> and outdoor doors. Oh, yeah, and outdoors which have the highest ceilings. It's <sighs> genuinely playing this game, it's 
it's like you are trapped in the world's biggest suburb, but just in the sense that nothing feels different. You're just kind of slogging through it until you see anything more interesting or something distinct. This game is like... What people complained Gears of War was like, this is playing that. Yeah, it's just brown. It's just brown, empty arenas, miserable shooting in a really stupid plot that thinks it's about war. Yeah, and it's frustrating because there's elements of the story that other games have used later and they've done it very well. Like The Last of Us with the named soldiers that you have to feel for. But also, um, like the whole thing with the drug and the calm down, like after fighting that you see like the dead bodies, like Hotline Miami used ideas like that and used it very well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also um, Katana Zero like has that calm down thing with the drug where it's like you're overdosing on this drug that is slowing time. That is why you have these powers. Like that's the whole thing there. That is what makes that cool. I think I said to Snake, but this game came out like either a year before around the same time as Metroid Free Corruption, Mm. which has... You can use the juice to make yourself better, but if you use too much juice, it will poison you, which... That's what the... I mean, corruption isn't, like, the best Metroid Prime game, but it does... But it is really interesting for doing that. And that's where I have my frustration with the story, because I feel like this could be used so much better. Like, if you cut out the guy who cuts you off from the juice, and just have you, like, commit a war crime so you overdose and then cut off. Oh, even like, hey, they got you off the juice, but you still retained like some of the juice's effects. Yeah. So like, you're still really good. But and that's why uh, that's why you it. still have the health regen when you kill like the guys on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that explains the health. Yeah, that explains because the also health like the regen. adrenaline adrenaline system. That's kind of how I refer to it because it's pumping up your adrenaline, right? Like it kind of yeah. creates this push forward momentum that like doom is going for it now where it's like yes. the more you shoot down guys the more it injects you with even more stuff like once you've get that got that first mm. dose it like microdoses you every time you shoot down someone so you can keep that momentum going if you really push but then it doesn't yeah. do anything with it because you overdose too fast so you can't go fast with this thing yeah it's frustrating and also it's this is a very I was I was not gonna bring this game. I was not gonna bring it up, but I think I will just for the sake of it. Um, I have tinnitus, and this came up yeah, in the stream a bunch. You mentioned but it. That the it has this awful high pitched ringing whenever you inject yeah. it. Yes, and it's the most annoying fucking thing in the world. Again, it's it's happens. a classic PS3 game in that. I mean, it's not a very pretty game, but one thing I will give it is that it has that PS3 magic of like looking very. Like ha- looking very flashy and pre-rendered, and I don't one know. way that I'd that say really... it looks very muddy and washed out. Yeah, it has that Aesthetic- kind of aesthetically. This game is very unpleasing, both in the visuals and audio department. No, and it does feel like they really cynically try to recreate like the beginning levels of Halo Three, where you're in the jungle and they're like, "Oh, we can yeah. do that," but like in a really ugly way, but. When you juice up on Mantle, uh, sorry, on Nexer, yeah, you get that really high pitch noise, but it also does that, like, chromatic aberration thing where, like, you know, two layers go out of phase and then come back in again, which looks cool the first time you do it, and then it happens every time you try and use it. And it's like, this yeah. is clean stuff. Um, yeah, this game is, I mean, every bullet time game is kind of like, okay, how do we fix yeah. this? But like, but, like, with, it wouldn't be hard to... I, I mean, I mean, it probably it would could, be, but I mean, it probably wouldn't. Well, okay, yeah, no, it would be difficult. It, it would be, but I don't know. It's like there is a kernel of an interesting idea. It's just, you know, 
fully I think the problem for me is just depressing. all the good ideas have been used at this point by better games, including indies. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, I mean, and, one one also comparison thing. The Nectar system feels very much like SOP from Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you had guys coming off of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that becomes even funnier when we get to a certain. We're gonna go for the comedy greatest beats oh, in this game for the last foot. Um, but there's just one thing I want to quickly mention, which is like, yeah, like in a perfect world, if Ubisoft didn't get so fucking involved in it, I still don't particularly know if Hayes would have been that appealing a game. If you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean Ubisoft are the villains in this story, but this wouldn't have been a runaway success. I, I don't envision no, this would be a runaway no. success had they not tampered with it. I think it maybe would have gone from a five to a six or a seven. No, and it's funny because I was reading into it and like about Halo kills and stuff like that. And apparently before Infinity Ward hit upon the idea of doing modern warfare, originally they were going to do like a near future science fiction game that they were working on in tandem at, with... Um, Treyarch as they were doing uh oh sorry no with the original team that was doing Call of Duty 2 but as they worked on it they just went there's nothing really in like this like this doesn't really appeal to anybody but then when they when Call of Duty 2 finished and the teams came back together again they went well there's certain elements to this that we like and I think the thing that's really appealing is this kind of you know 10 minutes into the future setting where it's not massively science fiction like it could happen tomorrow kind of thing which is how they kind of hit upon the head of doing modern warfare and obviously modern warfare becomes this super appealing thing yeah. but like i always think of the science fiction stuff it's quite difficult to pull it and i don't think like this is i don't know I, like again i think if maybe they had made what they wanted about the iraq war maybe would have hit a bit harder but it just wouldn't be very appealing no. Yeah, no, I get yeah. It, it's very difficult because it's also like how much did actually get get changed, you know? When you yeah, have a lot of yeah, original, that, clearly original voice lines still in there. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And it's like and you still have can't... boats on the fucking aircraft carrier. <laughs> and it's like we can't dive into the code and see like oh this was written by this guy no. and this you know and see like what the oldest stuff is, but. Just even from a pure conceptual level of just like... Also, this again, is very petty, yeah. but why was the firing yeah. button on R1 and not on a trigger? <laughs> oh, that was... Uh, That's a PlayStation. Uh, Snake is, Snake is okay. pro there, I mean... That, that was just something I mean, where I was looking at the I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very flexible. Because here's the benefit of having an absolutely terrible memory. It doesn't really matter where the button is put. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> no, and you know what? Um, I played this in emulation, and I played it with a Xbox One controller, so I wanted it on the trigger. But then I have to remember that sometimes we have to put FPS games in the context of the consoles they came up on. For example, uh, we were very keen on uh, of uh, Die Hard Vendetta, but I have to remember yeah. that, that we if are the I two apologists. Yeah, um, uh, just to just to clarify to people at home, if we had played that with actual GameCube hardware, with that disgusting fucking C stick on the GameCube controller, we would not be that <laughs> awesome diehard fantastic. I rented that game back in the day, and I remember enjoying it somewhat, but I just stopped at the prison. <laughs> yeah, oh, but the prison's the best. It was just way too trial and error for me at the time. Then again, I was a dumb. It's like a diehard so. movie. Yeah, like a diehard movie. It's great. You should have rented it again. You should have said... I, I, I should, you, you I should have emulated again from CD Romance. 
I, I should rent it from Ooh, there. Oh, there you go. I'm you know when I only ever go to CD romances when they do like translations to games. Yeah. And I was like, why would you get? They, they didn't need to translate Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> the Die Hard Vendetta <laughs> undub patch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What did they? Yeah. The um. The unbro. Oh god. Ah, oh, sorry. I, I remember it from um my life in gaming, where it's like. They do patches which undid the work that like a certain US publisher did. But working I can't designs. Yeah, uh, yeah, the unworking patches. Yeah, the unworked designs unworking patches. Patch. Those are great, by the way. They actually make the games playable. Oh no! Oh yeah, because they um change the drops. They and stuff change like drops, that well. experience Done. rates, how much damage enemies do. Sometimes they put joke traps in the game where you open a chest and you lose all your gold. Stuff like that. <laughs> huh. And, and you're saying they did that for a Die Hard with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, well, well, give it, give it <laughs> a go, face. Right. So they send you to a boat, and on the boat is your pal Tear. Who you? Where did he come from? Why is he there? Um, so here's the second big twist of this game, folks. Um, if you take too much Nexa, you die. You just get poisoned by Nexer, and Mantle have been hiding people inside a boat, so you don't find out. Oh, also, you find out that they're actually the the, the promise hand. They're all okay. That they're not actually the bad guys. It's just that you're there because in Bolivia or wherever it is, that's where you mine the Nexer. I guess. Oh, that reminds me of yeah, one really big, good big line twist. actually. That uh, they have to okay. kill like innocent civilians in the area because like an empty hand. An empty hat. Oh yeah, an empty hand is just a grip away from yes. the gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, like before we get fully away from the soldiers, I I just remembered that one. Oh Jesus! But yeah, Ted tells you go to the observatory for some reason. I think maybe he tries to explain, but then he gets blown yeah. He doesn't finish by. his uh, explanation, but I think he was trying to get to the thing that the central server that is injecting you with it because it's like done remotely for some reason. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. That makes more sense. Um, this takes you on to three hours of gameplay, which is extremely boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get told, hey, go go here and shut down the Nectar device so everyone will be off Nectar. And your guy is like, okay. And then, you, <laughs> so in terms of storyline pacing, you kind of think, okay, we've hit this storyline beat. Maybe we should ramp up pace, get to the no. Nectar distribution device in good time. So the player <laughs> no, what's going you, say, on. you say your time. <laughs> No, instead you just shoot your way through environments for so long with nothing happening yeah. that by the time you get to the Nectar distribution device, it's just, it's gone. It's just... You you fight through a swamp and not I'm not going to give it to the developers, but it is a swamp that genuinely made me feel like I was in a swamp. <laughs> it is so boggy looking that you genuinely feel humid looking at it. I just want to um, also, while I'm on, I just want to make a very pedantic point that why would you stash bodies on a boat when the boat is landlocked, like it's crashed <laughs> on the beach and there is a perfectly good sea next to that boat? I mean, why would you store away the bodies when they can't see them? Why wouldn't they sit? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> That's <just fine>. yeah. <laughs> They're just going onto that boat and it's like, oh, MC. Oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. that. That was like the first thing that came to mind. Like, wait, why? <laughs> Uh, wait, 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 you, they can see the bottom plate. They wouldn't be able to see these They, they could just store them, like, downstairs in a crate, have them, like, bring the crates there. They don't know what's in it. 
They could have cut. They could have like chopped them up and like fed them to the soldiers. That would have been a, like a weird plot twist. Should have put that. I, had, so I was well, with... you, I mean, they'd think they're not getting any food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> oh, this this really is mystery me. I, can't I mean, they drop it. this big story <laughs> point on you, and that like for four hours you've got nothing. So all you can do is just theory craft. How could well, I fix this? Not... Not true. You do fight. You do fight a tank, and it's far worse than the tank boss fight in future birthdays. Oh god! Oh thing. yeah, the tank that just goes in fucking circles yes. until you find enough, <laughs> until you find enough rockets to just fucking put it out of its yeah. misery. I was hoping it would be like the tank boss fight in Banjo Tooie, and like Grunty pops out of it and asks you quiz questions about haze. That would fucking, be good. The guy driving it was on Nectar. He probably thought he was playing fucking Mario Kart. <laughs> like, going in circles like that. He's, he, he's like when you see those clips of, um, you know, Walter Wright on Rainbow Road and he's like doing like big <laughs> steering sins. <laughs> I love that video. It's really good. Um, yeah, you fight a tank, then you like, you fight through a beach again. You go back to the church again for something? I have a- yeah. yeah, you do. You kill. You kill someone there, and then you kill someone else there hours later. Like I'm, I'm. I do want to. We have played this game, but it is so. It's a haze. The yeah, it is a genuine haze. But you do finally get to the the observer. You get to the. You're, you're laughing, but we're laughing about something that requires a content warning. <laughs> It's suicide. No, oh, it's yeah, the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. is so grim. It's so dark. Actually, before but it's so that, funny. Before we do that, to get onto the mountain, you do go up a cable car, which I was expecting to be a really exciting cable car section. Oh wait, I do have one other thing. I do have okay, one yeah. other funny moment okay, that goes yeah. forward. So at some point you go over a bridge, and this happened on stream, is that you are genuinely fighting alongside Marino. He is an NPC in your yeah. squad and he'll go out and shoot with you. Um, you're given a car, and I just decided for a goof, can I push him off the cliff? And you can, and there's no game over. You just, like, remove him from the I don't know level. if the... I was going to say, is the bridge hopping ahead? Because... I don't, oh, well, fuck it. We're well, not going to oh, talk about what the fuck Okay, yeah. there's also a... Okay. It's a haze. It's somewhere in it, here. It genuinely is. Right. You go on a cable car, and I was expecting it to be exciting, but I was stupid because I remembered, oh, yeah, it's haze. Why would this be exciting? <laughs> You go on a cable car up to a mountain with a big observation thing is. And the observation kind of looks like GLaDOS from Portal, but like on a Half-Life 1 budget. Like, they don't really do yeah. anything. You just shoot free computer consoles and that's it. You're in a grey-brown concrete room, which is fucking massive. It is like the Resonance Cascade <laughs> room from fucking... If, if the game hadn't told you... No, here, okay. If the game hadn't told me that this was the observation room. I wouldn't know what it was. And it had told me what it was, and I didn't know what it <laughs> and was. And you still forgot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of a level that playing it, Haze will really Really try out. to build it up, because you go to this, like, tourist trap, like this museum where they, like, narrate, like, how amazing and impressive this entire area is. And oh, when you're Jesus, on the cable totally car, they're also that. telling you about all these sites that you can see if you look to your left and to your right. Oh, yeah. If oh, you look did, to the left, you you'll see the Brazilian, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Rendered in beautiful PS3 graphics. <laughs> <laughs> Rendered in the blurriest textures you've ever seen. Just Vaseline with, like, blue. Okay, actually, no, you are right. Okay, so before you go to the... This is very important, because, again, okay, this is another rareware callback. They decide, as well as taking out the observatory, Marino also says, why don't we take out the land carrier 
for some reason. I guess because that's where all the soldiers are, and you go, okay, how are we going to do no, that? No, the land carrier is the last well, thing. The game ends there. Yeah. 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 But before you use a land carrier, you go, well, how are we going to blow the land carrier? Well, fortunately, I have this intercontinental ballistic missile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You escort an intercontinental ballistic missile. And the reason I mentioned it is because it's like the classic Rare King Blast Corps, where an intercontinental, <laughs> an intercontinental ballistic missile is constantly moving forward, and you have to clear out enemies to clear away. Yeah, and it's really, really, really slow. <laughs> And it's for some so reason, it's on a gigantic truck. It's moving yes. two miles an hour, and they've put spikes <laughs> on front. And, of and the like, what truck. was the excuse? Like that, some axle or some pivot is broken, so it like can't move faster. Like, there's a mechanic yeah, looking at it. it. <laughs> 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 it's just the dumbest. And thing. if you fail at any point, like. You just it cuts to a static camera shot, like a fucking comedy wide shot of just small explosions going off around the fucking <laughs> missile, and then this game the fucking mission fails. Wait, you can actually have that happen because I had the helicopter just shoot at it from point blank range for like two minutes while I was looking for a rocket launcher. Yeah, no, because because Snake fucked it. Um, I say fucked it up. Yeah, no, for some reason it fucked I up on I the don't stream. Even, I'm gonna be honest, James. I don't remember. I failing. don't remember I'm either. Not saying I didn't because I probably did, but no, I because I, I watched back the footage okay. and for some reason <laughs> it just cut to a camera shot of it blowing up and just you losing your fucking mind. I, I like at how it. the person oh, who okay. played it and someone else who was there for the stream doesn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a nuke going <laughs> off. That's fucking haze. Oh no, that's for you. I mean it, the nuke didn't go off. It was oh. like small explosions around <laughs> it and then it said mission. Oh, like that. oh it's a it's a good thing they didn't blow up the intercontinental ballistic missile. Just not yet, no. <laughs> but um so you have to escort the intercontinental ballistic so missile. Wait, hang to on. If this is an allegory for the Iraq war, are they saying that the Middle East did have nuclear weapons? <gasps> oh my god, and it was actually justified that they used it against um, the American land I mean, thing? do you remember when Saddam Hussein was leading his intercontinental ballistic missile through Fallujah in a very, very slow truck? And um, the Simeon Acres track from <laughs> Blast Corps was playing non-stop. Yeah, I, I remember the live footage uh, from CNN, like, at the bridge. It Oh, yeah. mad. And then at the end, Saddam was on the helicopter with Bush and he said, you know, now that, now that we have the cocaine, we can have better soldiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you then go to, you go to the, yeah, so in between all of that, you do that and then you go to the observatory and the observatory is when the funniest moment of the game happens, but it is a massive content yeah. warning, folks. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, so I was laughing my head off, which is appropriate for what's but coming But also, uh, the guide it's that I pulled up for gone. this, uh, to help Snaker get through the game, yeah. also said, watch the hilarious cutscene as the only context for what's about to happen. It, yeah, he was, it was writing a game's FAQ guide, which hilariously, you sent me screenshots, he has, like, red felt tip penned, like, go that yes. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, yeah. the, the guide genuinely says what you just said, all right, do this, then watch the funniest cutscene. Uh, and the funniest cutscene is, is that now that all of the mantle surges, their supply of Nexit is completely cut off, and... They are hit with the world's worst hangover as they realize all the terrible stuff that they've done. And in order to... 
Well, unfortunately, Marino isn't around to let them have a sleep and get over it and join the promised hands. So, yeah, they take on drastic measures to dealing with it. And you shouldn't laugh at it, but the way that it is composed in game is really funny. It just misses the mark so hard. <laughs> uh, they're trying so hard to be dramatic, but you you shut down the device that's giving them the nectar, and then you walk into the next room, and these lads go up to you, and they are nectar soldiers, but they're having a bad time. They're not shooting you. They've got their guns drawn, and they say, "Did did did I do something bad? Did I do something wrong?" And <laughs> then it goes on for like a minute. They they it is so gratuitous as they just hammer in. Oh no! Oh, they, I did something bad, didn't I, Chief? I'm so sorry. I've been a, I, I've been a bad. He, he, he says I've been a bad little boy, and then um, shoots the other one. <laughs> no, he puts the gun to his own head, fires, oh, yeah. and then a second later, the fucking animation plates. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, whoops. It's and then another and then like there's two of them. He shoots off the head, then and the other one on top says, Sir, you've been hurt. And he starts doing CPR to a guy who has just shot yeah. himself in the head. Yeah, and then he is, picks yeah. up his gun and shoots himself in the head. And it's so fucking stupid. It's and then you go outside into a gameplay section and all the mantle surges are just, like, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. The, they're all just doing the robot and screaming, and it's like, okay, great game. Is this where this ends? No, we got another two hours to go. Oh, good, great. Cool. All right. It's. I, I was just watching that scene, and here's the thing. Yeah, it's grim. It requires a content warning. But if you've just played five or six or however many straight hours of Haze, y you're just ironically that scene has brought so much life back <laughs> into you. Uh -huh. Like it's just suddenly the thought of a man saying the most cringeworthy, embarrassing got a dialogue and then shooting himself in the head is comedy gold. It's up there with fucking Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> nice beaver. Thanks. I had his stuff last week. Um, and, and I remember saying, as one thing I remember from the stream, I hope we walk outside and we just see a field of Mantel soldiers just yeah, and blowing their brains out, <laughs> which wasn't the case. I mean, no, they had to they had to lower the budget a little bit, but it is all just them yeah. freaking out, and it's like, okay, good, glad, Th glad they're just this. having a moment. They're having a they're having a rough one, and I, you use that moment to do the requisite bad FPS game thing of blowing up a bunch of anti air missiles. Yeah, oh yeah, you're you're put into one last big open area where you have to walk around a giant fucking circle, taking out fucking yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, the thing on. is, you've already walked past that to get to the observatory to, to begin with, so you're just kind of backtracking through it. <laughs> you already could yeah. have shut these things off if you wanted to, but first you had to go inside of the observatory for some reason. <laughs> And then once you've done that, they pick you up in a helicopter and go, thanks, well, let's, take you to the, well, let's not do any more levels, let's just take you to the land carrier, which itself is another fucking hour-long level. Yeah, it's just, the game's just like, okay, we shut it down, what happens now? I guess we go to the yeah. finale. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, let's just take you to the finale. Why are they putting you on the, oh, and they don't even put you on the land carrier, there's a weird driving, okay, we haven't really touched on, you mentioned the driving a little bit earlier. Yeah, this game has vehicles in it, because, yeah, of course it does, it's Halo. But 
the vehicles feel really bad, and the levels aren't really designed for them. Well, the that section is especially weird because you just control the turrets like you're firing at the targets, but it's constantly yep. warping you around when you succeed. Oh, it's not when you fail; it's yeah. when you succeed. So it feels like you failed. It's- it's yeah. the most disjointed sequence because it's meant to be this epic thing of like you are chasing this gigantic land carrier on treads cutting through the jungle as you with a Gatling gun take out its defenses and then ramp on board. But you destroy a turret and then fade to black, fade in elsewhere and it's like, wait, what, what the so hell like, is if, that? If anyone, wants, like, what, if anyone yeah. hasn't played the game or has seen it, uh, if you want a good mental picture of what this exactly is, this exact moment, uh, the Breath in the Wild, uh, Zora... Um, like boss it's exactly (laughs) that moment just done way worse it's it's like fighting the elephant but rather than having to swim around to get the other legs the game just cuts to a long fade to black and then fades back up with you moving towards the other leg it's so terrible like they probably ran out of money by this point and they just stitched together what they had And then you're on the land carrier where you get a tiny, tiny, tiny taste of like close quarters action stuff, but it's 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 a maze. It's a maze. Yeah, it is a genuine maze. It's like a symmetrical arena ish, but it's an arbitrary symmetrical arena where some routes are just closed. I know that sounds utterly uh, contradictory, but it is that. And you're kind of just switch hunting in it. Yeah. Yes. Um. This so game we mentioned has a really it- bad issue with signposting where because it's so <laughs> yeah, it does. generic. You're just kind of wondering I mean, it, fucking the title becoming appropriate again. You feel like you're in a haze because you're never confident on exactly where you're going, what you're doing, why you're doing it. Jeez <laughs> now. Um so, so we mentioned earlier that you shot Pesci and Watchstrap, but then Duval ran away. And you don't really get an indication of where we actually have not mentioned that you kill all of your former squad mates as they are bosses. <laughs> that just kind well, of well, no, you kill Watchstrap and Pesci at the same time in yeah. the church, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the and that's the moment you defect to the rebels is you instantly like do two of them yeah. once. Yeah, and and Deval runs away and he's oh, I'll get you next time. Uh, turns out next time was is that somehow he's become. The head of the landmaster, but he's in he's in control of the land carrier now somehow. I don't know. I, I fucking yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I went through like it like twice. Once watching Snake, once playing myself. I still have no idea what the fuck is going on at this point. I think because... he just fucked off. I think he just fucked off to the control room. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm up here. Yeah, somehow he was the only guy who wasn't affected by... I think there the- was no significance to where he was. He was just I mean, this was, I mean, this was at the point of the game where I was like, I wish that, like, oh, what if they had a guy who, like, took too much Nexus and he turned into, like, a giant goo boss? Oh, what about kids? It would have been really the- funny, James, with you saying that. Now that we know that, well, now that we've kind of put together that too much nectar kills you, it'd be really good if he just dosed up and then dropped fucking dead. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, yeah, he just, just dies like, of nectar poisoning immediately. I mean, I mean yeah. if you workshop like, this, well, well, he's just well, well, well. I mean, shame. if you workshop you this, like every me, time, have you faced this much nectar and then he just yeah, fucking like every time he takes damage, he gets rats. nectared and then he just dies from it. Like that would have been something. Yeah. yeah, or he was in like some kind of like experimental like oh super super suit where you don't get you know that was what no. the spec ops was about. They don't get overdosed for some reason. <laughs> yeah, 
fucking hell. And they actually, they, they, oh, they have like a special, they have like a better version of Next. And like, okay, cool. You didn't think of like bringing this in earlier? <laughs> yeah. Like it's an idea. No, okay. Uh, it's, it's hard. To, maybe that's why we were invading the country. They had better nectar. They did. Yeah. I don't know. It's the look. Nectar is an allegory for oil, which everyone in the U.S. Army is taking constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <They can't. laughs> it's like Homer Simpson where he's putting the alcohol. One for you. One for me. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, Duval's. You, you fight your way to. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, you, <laughs> you, you kill everyone aboard again. Yeah, you do. You you wipe out the entire mantle army on the land carrier one by one, and then finally get to Duval, who, in order to make him a boss fight, he has he has a relatively powerful handgun, and he takes slightly more bullets than the average bear. He takes about three rockets. But it didn't matter because Snake had nothing but grenades. <laughs> at that no, point. I had a rocket launch with Max. Oh yeah, ammo, you so had like, just... the best gun in the game. Yeah, you had this. Uh, oh yeah, it was like a weird. Oh yeah, was that the game that had the weird like shitty? Oh no, that was uh, Die Hard Vendetta that had the weird plastic uh, assault rifle in it. Yeah, this had a, or yeah, no, this had a weird gun as well, though. Dude. This was nothing but weird guns. Wow. Oh yeah, I guess how the... did the fight go for you? Did you fight him properly, or did you also fill him? I with had rockets? a rocket launcher with full ammo, so I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so both times, like the final boss is a complete flop because he gives you a big speech that I'm sorry, I can't remember a single goddamn word. It's, of. Ba- it's basically like I'm an apex predator. I oh. I was built to rule, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, was yeah. he also the guy who kept comparing everyone? he fought yes. to animals yeah of course okay yeah and he was the apex predator and then he calls him yeah oh god god and then you ca- and, then, and then you fill him full of rockets and yeah. he falls over and he goes oh i actually I, i'm no i i didn't play the game so i'll leave it to snake you, well you, you, it's you, the funniest thing ever because you kill him and then you have what is the most comedically timed scene ever where you watch him for a solid 30 to 40 seconds groaning in pain. It's so hilariously gratuitous. Like, it doesn't make a point. It's just him lying on the ground going, just holding his tummy and like falling over. Like he's got the shit. Yeah, and and then he goes like, (laughs) Carpenter, don't tell my mommy. (laughs) And And then your character says, Okay. <laughs> yeah, like he's a guy in an awkward Discord yeah. conversation. And, and like okay. uh having played it for myself after watching you stream it, um he does actually have a weird thing where he brings up your mom and his mom a few times earlier on. So they try to oh, set yeah. it up. So they try to. They try. I didn't even But it's yeah, such a minor thing, like that. who's gonna remember this? So they were trying to bring it full circle, but I was just too distracted by the fact that we were all watching the scene. We were at the end of the game, <laughs> and he was groaning. We were all just like, we were all just kind of rolling our hands, like, oh, okay, come yeah. on. Because he, I genuinely can't overstate. I feel like describing the scenes in this game, the audience isn't going to feel how bizarre they are. Like the suicide scene and the thing. No, you have to watch it because it is genuinely just the final boss laying on the ground, writhing in pain for a long time. It's awkward. Yeah, as hell. It, it's, it, it is. Again, it's it's the engine. It's them trying to do a play while the stage is on fire, but also just I don't know. They just didn't quite know how. To, I mean, I mean, if they did that in a time splitters game, it would, 
I mean, it would be they, funny. They, they it would be I think that era in general yeah. kind of struggled with boss fights because I remember uh, Red Faction yeah. Gorilla's yeah. boss I, it fight. It was the dark age of boss fights. Like Red Faction Gorilla's boss fight is like this dude in a giant tank, but you've got a sniper rifle that can shoot through buildings, so you can just see him in the tank and just give him a headshot and it's done. Awesome. I I mean, I, mean, I said the... This. I still think the smartest thing I've ever said on an episode of Bullet Time was that, like... The, the the genius of Hideo Kojima, whatever you say about him, but it's the fact that he was able to figure out an appropriate big Capcom style like final boss enemy, but still have it make sense yeah. in a realistic setting. And the answer was Chinook helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there was this. I'm just projecting on it, but I think there was just this bizarre thing with games have to be more realistic, more gritty, and boss fights were like they weren't sure if they could make them fit because it was it was them trying to puzzle out how do we do this gamey mechanic how do you win yeah. the game yeah yeah and it's no the answer is boss fights are just going to be really fun and diegetic or you have to go weird and gimmicky and they couldn't for a while they couldn't forgive it it was just human with more points or a helicopter. and there is a helicopter in this think, so there is yeah. a helicopter in this that is true i think bioshock is still my favorite example of that because they have the whole twist where it's oh you were a puppet all along but the game still has to keep going. And then that's when they hit you, one with a twist that the guy with a ropey Irish accent actually has a really ropey New Yorker accent. And then finally he goes, ah, I've been shooting myself up full of my you can't defeat me. And you go and fight him and he's just a big alabaster man. And it's like, <laughs> why is this the final boss in this yeah. game? <laughs> it's like, oh, we have to have a final boss, but we... We we can't make it to I don't know they they can't quite thread the needle on the silly the inherent silliness. I, I, I of mean it. even yeah. like with Ubisoft like Assassin's Creed Two managed to figure it out like they didn't know how to do boss fights so they just made it funny. Sorry, I'm laughing at them doing the bosses in Brotherhood and they're just like well again it's funny because Assassin's Creed is like ah figures from oh oh Leonardo DiCaprio has built you a new weapon for all the bosses in fucking they're all bored they're all like fake borshers yeah. from history and it's just like kill off history's most notorious yeah, and, then, and then at the end you just beat up the pope yeah, yeah you just that, I mean that's like that's the same kind of Hideo Kojima school of okay how do we make a boss fight where there's a reason why it's gonna take a while it's like cause you have to punch yes. him with death <laughs> that's why yeah oh you do the Hideo Kojima thing of yeah this is set in a world where our weird guy who eats frogs and doesn't like vampires refuses to shake Lyndon B. Johnson's hand. But we also have soldiers where one kid like spiritually projects and one could shoot bees out of his mouth. Like what? And they can take a lot yeah. of bullets. Yeah, of course. It's fine. I mean, I mean, that's the thing that Hideo Kojima was either just didn't care about or was on is that people will overlook reality for a fun boss fight. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of Western AAA dev for a long time couldn't quite couldn't quite figure out. No, we'll we'll just take a fun boss fight. You don't have to. We don't care about realism in this in this instance. It's fine. And again, and I don't want this to like kind of. I, it's not like a kind of an East versus West thing because like some, you know, some Japanese studios also had that issue as well, and a lot of Western studios did kind of bend away from it. But again, it's the PS3 kind of pretension thing of like. Oh no, these have to be like films and like Goodfellas didn't end with like Joe Pesci as a big goo monster that they had to shoot. Like, you know, that was like a dead 
I mean, it should have, but like, you know, it was a dead serious film. And I mean, obviously I don't want to, uh, so to the end of Haze, <laughs> then you get on a helicopter and Marina says, "Good job, soldier." But turns out I'm I might I could be a bad guy too. <laughs> it, it, it's Roll funny credits. because I played a game with a very similar twist, and it's actually pretty fucking cool there. But that was uh, okay. an '80s arcade game, The Ninja Warriors. Oh, they they the have the remake for it again on the Super stream. Nintendo and then once again like on recent consoles, which are all the same story, but like you're a killer robot, you're trying to overthrow this regime, like you're part of a rebellion. Then after you kill the yeah. bad guy, like the robot is like self-destructs because it has its own AI. And then the guy who created yeah. the robots just makes an army of those robots, but they're loyal to him. So the people just say history repeats oh itself God. and that's the credits. <laughs> Singularity kind of ends similar as well, like depending who you go with. Kind of end on a similar note as well. Like you can do it, you can do that sort of twist if you do it well, but it doesn't feel like it does it well at all. (laughs) No, and that's the thing with Haze is that it is full of like little cliches and stuff like that, but it's not one of those games where you go, "Oh, it's bad because it's got cliches." It's just like, no, there are the the cliches are in it, but like it is just a bad game. Like, I mean, generally top to tip presentation is why this game is so fucking rough and why none of it can land and it drags on so long and the twist that's meant to happen with the Mantel soldiers which falls flat is after the Nectar thing goes down and they start killing themselves and we're laughing our heads off you're meant to in that moment realise oh these poor young men have been tricked like the soldiers that were sent to the Middle East for a conflict that you know the reasons why they were sent over there they were lied to they didn't know the full facts they didn't have the whole story but and and you're meant to Fred you're meant to go back I've said Fred the Needle a lot fuck but you're meant to kind of go back to the earlier scenes and think all those guys who are acting like dickhead dude bros they were all misguided young men who could have been better if only they were but the presentation is so egregious no. and grating and so slow and plodding. And as it's you very... just mentioned with the mum thing, nothing st- nothing connects, nothing comes full circle or feels Do you know like what it, it kind does. of feels a bit like, but the game did it a lot better? Max Payne 3, as in, it's got that thing of like Rockstar where it's like Brits writing Americans at kind of a distance where they're not like they kind of treat him not particularly with respect, but the story kind of works and they do at least kind of build Max as he goes along. And the people who kind of survive and help him to be more and more sort of like, not likable figures, but at least kind of empathy, like you can kind of empathize with them. Yeah. Like, hey, I, get, sort of, I, I like Max Payne free. I'm a, I'm a, Oh no, I didn't know. That's what I mean. Game. Max Payne free pulls it off. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this is, Hayes kind of feels like it should be, well, I say should be, it feels like perhaps if it had, if it had hit more of the Max Payne free tone, it probably might have been able to pull it off at least story wise. But uh, I think yeah, the kind of tragedy so- as well with Haze is at all points it never feels like it actually has a personality whatsoever. Mm. No, and how much of that was just the fact that Free Radical they're only kind of like drive on the game was well we want to make something real we want to we want to make a mature game but it's like well what what is a mature game and then yeah. ubisoft just keeps coming into the house and saying oh uh, we, uh the iraq war don't do that uh is south america now and it's like okay cool all right thanks we have to change the entire game now thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah. i guess it could have all just been squeezed yeah. out over time with 
whatever point you want to make is it's kind of hard to make a point when you don't even know what fucking point on the map you're on <laughs> hey oh uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry for doing that that wasn't uh, even particularly clever that was just no, me throwing yeah. words into a into a sequence and hoping That's they right. made sense um but it's weird because it's like i don't know it always kind of i mean and i don't want to like attribute like oh well you can tell that toy Splitters 2 was made made out of passion but this wasn't because i think it was like no, I'm sure they were very much into the project, but it's just you work on it for so long and it gets so micromanaged yeah. to death that by the end of it, yeah, you, you're not going to feel anything for it, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah, this is a put-through-a-corporate-ringer game. I mean, we started early on, a year of development time was spent on this advanced AI task system, which the PS3 couldn't handle, so that has to go. And that's an advancement of an earlier system and, you know, Free Radical put a lot of time into their bots and then oh, we have a story about the horrors of war and it's contemporary and it's this and that and then, no, you can't do that either. And it's, yeah, it's a game that has been utterly just kind of pulled apart bit by bit and then told, oh yeah, you have to come out and uh, not interfere with this other game we're doing. And you know, I, I never even fret... I, fretting the needle. <laughs> I, didn't fret the, I didn't fret the needle on those two points either, which is, yeah, advanced AA system, which is based on their bot work and, you know, it's kind of anti-war, which is... This doesn't feel like a free radical no, design game. No, that's the weird which, thing about it. Twenty, yeah, like, it's an, it's I, this, an aberration in that kind of pedigree. Yeah, like this game came out in two thousand and eight, so this is over uh, fifteen. Yeah, over fifteen years ago at this point. So, like, what I mean, what does I mean? There is no modern equivalent to it. I mean, I guess we'll touch on that for the next episode. But like, their design pedigree from those games would have had to have changed anyways, going mm. into a new era. But like. There is, and it's funny because I look into the development of this game, and the, the people like Ellis is still on it, uh, Doke is still on it. All these guys are still putting work into it, but it does not feel like a product that came from the Time Splitter team. And I'm not saying that because it hasn't got Time Splitter's tone, but it has not got like it, or second sights, like attention to detail or like polish or yeah. Because whatever, there's that weird part with the water towers where you can shoot them and water comes out for a while, but it's not that it's emptying it. You can just <laughs> shoot it and it restarts over and over endlessly. It's just an effect <laughs> yeah, they put exactly. on it. It's not emptying like the barrels and time splitters. No, exactly. Which it's, it's one of those hard things to pass in so many ways because yeah, it doesn't feel like the same team and it doesn't feel like that because time splitters one, two, and three. And I know this is one of those things where it's unquantifiable. It's an ineffable, you know it when you see it thing. But sure, every level feels distinct. There's little details. There's passion. There's like, oh, these are all little genre pieces, and they they're showing these loves for different like times yeah. and pieces of media. Yeah. And then okay, now we're restricting ourselves to one thing, and yet it, we're restricting ourselves to this one setting, this one story, this one linear sequence of events, and yet it feels less developed and less interesting than any snapshot from but Time Splitters. Two we or know three. that they can make a more linear and more like adventure style game because that's what Future Perfect was. And, and as also, much as we Second Sight shows they have. Oh yeah, yeah sorry, and shots. Second. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, and Second yeah. Sight. It, it's just yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I wrote one note. I've got one slightly clever thing I wrote. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got one slightly clever thing. And I was like, I was proud of this. I thought of this when I was going to, to buy beer. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> did, did you physically <laughs> write it down? No. Maybe I forgot to write it. Oh, jeez. That's fine. Uh, basically, 
despite the pedigree, this game is just a dog's breakfast. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, so on December 18th, 2003, Radical entered administration. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so the process towards insolvency, after, and basically this was spending ample time on Hayes, along with their deal with LucasArts, which just, yeah, went up in smoke because of Hayes. Um, here's the most depressing um, soundbite that I got from it from Steve Ellis. Uh, we received the hype that we earned. We had done very well up until the point. We had only made high-rated games. People weren't wrong to believe us when we described what we were trying to achieve with Hayes. It was ambitious, but they thought that we could do it. But there was definitely a backlash when the game was released. We all knew that we hadn't delivered on our promise, but some of the press marked the game well lower than it objectively deserved. We were penalised for disappointing them. One so, of those yeah. situations. E- God. Actually, yeah, now properly reading it, it does just kind of sound like, oh, actually, Hayes was better than people marked well, it. Yeah, yes. the objectively, I don't know. That, I, I'm not sure what tone to take from that because that is yeah no in fairness i only read the the second part i only read the first part where it was like oh we are doing to our hype and we let people down yeah not the fucking second (laughs) yeah the second uh, actually uh, haze is a lot better than uh maybe yeah fucking that sentence is fucking hazy what the (laughs) yeah rereading some of the reviews today the thing that bothered me more than anything is the real sense of disappointment a lot of players felt little wood continues that's more difficult to deal with any of the other comments directed at the game because it means that these people really cared and simply felt let down. Okay, no, so that brings it back around again, which is doesn't matter kind of what game we really made is that we won people over with these games and we had kind of like a, you know, what do they call it? Like a like a responsibility to like yeah. deliver a good game and they didn't. Didn't, no, I oops. remember like back in the day, I had so many friends who got like all the Time Splitters games. Everyone had Goldeneye. Most people had Perfect Dark. Nobody had Haze. Funnily enough, I, I oh. had Haze. I had a friend who was very excited for oh. Haze. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually the main that reason I kind of still wanted to try it because it's like the one game of theirs that I never played. And it's like, man, I should have left it at that. <laughs> no. It's funny, like a lot of people that I knew growing up who had PS, I mean, it was funny, like the early years of the PS3 is such like a graveyard of ambition in regards to like Lair, fucking Haze, uh, geez, what's the, um, that early version of Gran Turismo, which is just like Oh, the demo game. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, prologue or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like all these kind of like, well, you have to buy them because they're PlayStation. I mean, the PlayStation exclusives will eventually. I mean, Uncharted One is mm-hmm. rough compared to like what two and three would have been. The only did. thing that came out on early PlayStation Three that I wanted to play because I didn't have one, but I wanted that game was uh, Demon Souls. That's the only one. Yeah, I, and I think it's one of those things. And obviously, Demon Souls has kind of been like the defining legacy of that console. In, that and like Tokyo Jungle and other kind of like uh, yeah. Tokyo Jungle odd, was great. Odd was, Studio Japan projects. Well, and even I would argue like Yakuza. Like I know that was a PS2 game, but like it really kind of. I mean, I, I kind of have a nostalgia for it for that because I got on on Yakuza Free. Yeah, I started yeah, on, on the PS yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and it kind of it's weird. Like the PS3 was kind of like the console that the. the not that the West forgot, because it did have, like, a good... Well, I mean, again, it had, like, the Naughty Dog stuff. Eventually that got good. And 
I mean, yeah, infamous. The issue is just that it got a. It took a very long time for that console to really get started. It was a. It was a really rough. And again, like stuff like Hayes wasn't like. No one was rushing out to get like. Well, once they. Well, again, like again to finish this uh, Steve Ellis quote is most disappointing of all. Though was the team itself. Everyone at Free Radical was proud of the company's reputation, and it was incredibly tough for all of us to bring something to release that we knew we weren't happy with. So. It's this long, torturous road, um, being very melodramatic about it, where they come from Rare, which has done, like, you know, very, very colourful, and I mean colourful both in a literal and metaphorical sense, games. You sure. Know, they're very, like, they're very interesting, they're very unique, they have character, they have kind of British comedy and British wit and British charm. And then they do the time splitters, and those kind of maintain a bit of that. They still, they're unique and they're different, and, yeah, yeah. you know, and just... Playing Time Splitters 2, I said, made me more of a fucking boomer because I was like, oh, they don't do it like this anymore. Oh, yeah, it's just like, it's a game that's... Oh, but I mean, even, like, end of era N64 Rare was so... Like, Banjo 2 is like Morrowind on, on a fucking, a fucking Mario 64 uh, Diddy budget. Kong Racing. Oh, God, yeah. And do you like, know something bizarre? Because I was, I was talking about being in work today. <laughs> Were they all playing Diddy Kong Race? <laughs> no, but a guy I was working with is, like, a, a guy who's 21 years old like as yeah. you know he's a zoomer and it was like and we were talking about old games and he said like what he wanted more than anything else was a remake of diddy kong racing and i was like huh, i don't blame him Sur- yeah i don't don't blame him, but it was surprising coming from someone like eight years younger than me that like yeah you know the guys played his games no absolutely yeah and it's funny because you're talking about rare being like so kind of creatively fulfilling and stuff like that and something i wrote right at the beginning of my notes which i didn't really get into which is the fact that not to promote myself beyond this podcast, folks, but I oh, made a video about Grab by the Ghoulies, which is like, that was the first game that they made onto Microsoft. And that's like a game that people write off because it's like, oh, it wasn't Banjo Free, it wasn't this, and oh, you know, Rare's dead, they don't make games that we like anymore. But I think you can sort of appreciate a lot of like, especially after the 360 era started to go on and they did like Viva Pinata and Knots and Bolts and stuff. It's different, but it is really solid work that they're doing. And then they have to do Kinect stuff. But, like, I mean, I said this in the video. It's like, well, Nintendo only made Wii Sports as good as it is because they're Nintendo. And the only reason people bought Kinect Sports because it's rare. Any other developer made that and it would have just been a fucking, you know, parlor show. But then they do Sea of Thieves and it's just this, like, incredible little sandbox that you can just sort of chill out in it's, and the, it's the best chat room i ever played <laughs> yeah it's the best 3 chat room that, you that ever comment played. feels really snide but i do also kind of mean that no it, I, I, it is a perfect chill out game and that's both affectionate and i, I can understand that because i've played a lot of puzzle pirates back in the day yeah there we go yeah I, like, I had a fr- um, when it was first on games pass and me and mates were trying that i tr- i played sea of thieves for like a few evenings and you know perfectly chill little thing but the kind of point I was getting to is Hayes is very depressing because it is so utterly yeah. charmless. And yeah. this came from a company that had excelled in charm, like, very consistently. Yeah, like, even when they... I mean, we haven't covered it yet, but we will pro- we probably will sometime Perfect Dark Zero. As Yeah, I chunky- played a lot of Perfect Dark Zero because it yeah. has a split screen online. So like- and I don't know how much... I mean, I don't know how much you... Rem- but, like, as... Bad as some elements that game gets, it's never as dour as Hades. Mm, no, it's still trying to have a little bit of levity and 
whatever, but it's not quite it's there. It's especially bizarre no, with Haze, like, like that they're so little to the game because like even something with Goldeneye, like back in those days, they were not supposed to make that multiplayer aspect of the game. They shoved that no, in without telling they, anyone. That, that, that was all yeah. in the last few months, yeah. They had no permission for it. They made it like in their off hours and they shoved it into the game in the last moment before it could be pulled away. Yeah, and it's only because of Goldeneye multiplayer that like Halo Combat Evolve exists yeah. as it does. And much like Goldeneye Rogue Agent is the specter that comes back to haunt them later on, the games that they inspire then sets this weird precedent that then that's the bar that they have to clear. And it is so bizarre that Ubisoft was pitting this against Far Cry 2, considering the game that we will cover <laughs> in the next episode of Bullet Time, Snake. Yeah. I mean, I will say, yeah. I still haven't finished uh, the next game. I, no. I don't know. I think I like it more than Haze on a pure mechanical. Level, oh yeah, turned, oh yeah, no, so. yeah, no. Hey, we've um, we haven't got to the power rankings yet, folks. But um, I can comfortably say the poo emoji is going to Haze. Like, I don't think anything's gonna no. change. <laughs> it that. would have to. The next game in this series, the final game in the series, will really have to dive, and I don't think it will to get beneath Haze. It's too. I don't want to say. It's just very. Not it's, even comp it's, it's just it's, competent. Yeah, that is the thing. It's just, it's just competent all the way through. It's a six that occasionally dares to risk being a seven. No, that's definitely yeah. more ambitious than Whereas, this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I hate I mean, number this, ratings, but that is the most succinct way of putting the next. Th game. This this game is a three that thought it was a ten. <laughs> it is so awful. Um, a couple more things just before we get to the uh, bit that everybody's waiting for. We haven't mentioned the promotional side of this game, which includes New Metal Band Corn pricing the. I, that's what I was trying. That's what I failed to remember, Corn, because that was the maturity of this era. Was give it a fucking song in the trailer. Hey, Corn, Corn, Corn did a song for Haze, <laughs> uh, and they got a nice little poll quote from Jonathan Davis uh, saying, "Gaming is my religion, and Haze is the shit." <laughs> All I'm gonna say is Jonathan. Johnny you could have dropped the the from that. Yeah. It's um, it's funny because there's like a ch a chunk in the early part of the game where the soldiers are listening to the radio. Why didn't they use that song? Yeah, why wouldn't they listen into corn? There you go, you missed <laughs> yeah. out. Uh and one double last thing, just to uh dunk on Ubisoft a little bit more. Um when the game came out and was getting bad reviews. Um, Ubisoft community manager at the time, Wuzzy, says, One thing I can already tell about the reviews is that most of the time they are opinion of only one person and may not reflect the way you will see the game. You have to make your own judgment. Well, I mean, that's I do a agree with him. statement wasted on Hayes. I yeah. do agree with him, also on Hayes, because all the reviewers were complaining that the game was too long. It was <laughs> yes. not too no, long. No, they were complaining it was too short. <laughs> I like yeah, to yeah. imagine someone finishing Haze and going, I wanted more of that. No. <laughs> I wanted way less of that. <laughs> Maybe an hour of that. <laughs> Didn't the game get like a bizarrely high review from... Well, so, yeah, it's a, 50, it's a 55 on Metacritic. Yeah, fucking Games Master gave it an 8 out of 10. What the fuck? Well, didn't Famitsu, like, be weirdly kind to <laughs> oh, it as yeah, well? Famitsu was, like, Famitsu was like, okay, guys, I know we only really give Japanese games... This is the one 
you're one of the, the, the only FPS game we're going to give a high score. <laughs> if I have the timeline right for this, this would be around the time that they got in deep shit for like very clearly taking Konami money to promote <laughs> um, Peace Walker. So they were likely taking a lot of money for uh, positive reviews at that time. So maybe mm. they might have taken money for that review because I can't imagine them being positive about an FPS in that era. No, I I cannot. Japan see that. likes FPS now, but they did not like them back then. I was gonna say what a like. I mean, that's a topic that we haven't really broached yet on Bullet Time. Is like kind of Japanese FPS games, just because they are quite a. Oh, they, they don't really play their own. Um, Square Enix publishes Call of Duty in Japan, and they made it oh, really yeah. popular. And I think off the back of that, um, recently Apex Legends got like bigger in Japan, kind of, than it did in the West. Interesting. Yeah, it has a very bad dub, by the way, in Japanese. Like, all, all the characterization that you have in Apex, it's gone. All of it. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah. Are there people in Japan playing it with the uh, original dub? Uh, yeah, just, yes, uh, actually, uh, one, of, one of the biggest streamers that I watch just uses the English voices and he doesn't speak English. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other game that a lot of players are going towards now are like Valorant and uh, Escape from Tarkov, which is really weird to see like all the Japanese people playing Escape these big from Western Tarkov games. Is a, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what caused that. I think it's because one certain player started playing it, and he's like really popular. Like he's at the top. Uh, FPS Shaka, like he was, I think in the top twenty of highest earners, like on Twitch when that leak happened. Like he was huh. really up there. Wow. I watch Japanese streamers sometimes. It's the only way to still like keep in touch with the language for me. Oh yeah, and also see what um yeah, yeah. see what see yeah. what's well, see what's popular over on the other side of the world. You know? Yeah. Speaking of which, folks, it's time to do the quiz <laughs> it's time to do the quiz. Oh boy. Uh, oh, this now, is a nice Eurocentric quiz. Well, funny <laughs> that you do mention that because oh. originally I was gonna go with VG charts because that does pick up from two thousand and seven onwards. But it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a very interesting charts, is all I always say. It was a lot of Wii games. So I thought, you know what? Let's stick with um, GFK Chart Track, which is what we've used for the past couple of um, uh, free radical episodes. Um, so you know, this will be yeah. This will be European centric. Now, this is the charts for November sixteenth when uh, Hayes would have qualified. Before we start, does anybody want to take a guess what number Hayes came in on the charts? Okay. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, above up, where we got to guess what was charting the same week that Hayes released. Yes. I don't even remember what else was launching at the time. He'll give no, us, no, he'll no, give us worry, hints. I, I give you clues and okay. stuff. Yeah. To try. But I'm going to guess that Hayes did not chart. Yeah, that would be my guess as well, honestly. Incorrect. Oh, oh, okay. Hayes is in the top five. What? Okay, so it did. It did come out strong and then must have fallen off. Because. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Was it? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess middle of the road. It was number three. Bingo! New entry wow. this week. And number three is Hayes in the charts. I couldn't get any sales numbers, but Hayes as a fucking appropriate for a grey brown game that is in fucking bronze. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. the funny... Bronze medal, funny, considering what else is on this chart. The game had a lot of... Like, that's the bizarre thing digging into this, is that, like, after the fact, yeah, like, Hayes, who the fuck remembers this, but people were, like, so jazzed about it because it was Free Radical, and, like, it just killed that company 
Well, like, it literally did. Like, not only, like, even, like, most companies have a bad game and then go, oh, we'll get them in the next one. But no, this was, like, because it was a new engine and it was, like, oh, and also, I forgot to kind of mention the specter of this, which is, like, we had all these great FPS games coming up kind of in 2008. Uh, and then in September 2008, the uh, global global financial crash happened, which, uh, mm. if your uh, company wasn't fucked from moving to the HD era, uh, it definitely was from that point. So, yeah, a lot of big publishers became a lot safer after that point, and, uh, yeah, you didn't get a, a lot, lot of consolidation. Games yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah, but Hayes came out in uh, number three. So, at number one this week is a non-mover... It is the, talking about HD games, it is the latest high-definition release in a, eh, I want to say long-running, but more so it's just because the game hasn't really gone away. <laughs> if I give you the genre, or give it away. Um, it, is a, it is one of gaming's biggest names, essentially, though, and this is the latest entry on HD consoles. Is it FIFA? FIFA 2008 is to is ninth place in the charts. Oh wow! So. Okay, long running hasn't moved. No. Yeah, this mm. is difficult. I, I I don't remember much of this gen. Uh, like this is when I almost quit gaming, pretty much. Oh, oh wow! Oh, this yeah. is gonna be a lopsided one. Uh, is it Call of Duty? It is not Call of Duty. Um. Hmm. Let me try and think of some clues. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you're not giving me the this was a This was a controversial release, sort of. People were really hyped for this game because the games that had come previously were white hot. Um, and then this one was a bit more controversial because it was a bit more realistic. Fucking hell. That's huh. still, still struggling here. Uh, for a second, no. Give, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Okay. Wait, um, uh, is, no, it's not dead. Is it Dead Rising? Uh, it is not Dead Rising, yeah. No, that would be a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, Dead Rising 3 I was thinking of, but yeah, that's still a bit later. That was X, that was, that was uh, Xbox One. On the one Dead gen. Rising tip, though, this game used to be associated with maybe the Sony PlayStation, despite never being an exclusive. This was announced with Xbox 360 exclusive content in a very cringe way at E3. That no, doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> this was a PlayStation. People are going to be screaming at us for this one. Yeah. This was a PlayStation exclusive that now had 360 with exclusive content. Got and it. it was announced by Peter Moore revealing a fucking Rob on tattoo on his arm at E3. GTA 4. Yeah, GTA. Yeah, very. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that, the real, more realistic really should have thing that. Grand Theft Auto 4. A strong seller of this time, but yeah, obviously GCA 5 would be the thing that would blow it up. Now, oh, if you know, you I, that, I, I prefer G The funny thing is... I, I prefer, I prefer GCA, GCA 4 as well. 5 is a bit much too much. Now, if you struggle to get number 1, number 2 is going to be even harder, so I'm going to have to give you some oh, more scrap in, folks. Oh, boy. Uh, this is a new entry this week um, from Developers Funcom and published by IDOS. It is a... I think an MMO... Based on an, a long-running pulp adventure series, which was adapted into an '80s action film. An MM, You think an MMO? I think it's an MMO. Yeah. Uh, based on a long-running action series, popular film in the '80s. What? Yes. 
Fucking Christ, what the hell this is this This feels week? like it should narrow it down so much and we should instantly get it already, but... Yeah, no, that's... that's Like, this is very, very specific. An MMO based on... Yeah, no, that's... The f- Lord of when the I say no, pop adventures, I mean, like... What the fuck am I thinking? In the 1920s, where you had, like, H.P. Lovecraft writing stuff in magazines, but then you also had this guy writing stuff as well. That doesn't help, James. H.P. <laughs> <laughs> Lovecraft and this guy were pals with each other. H.P. Lovecraft didn't have friends. He was no, he, this, no, this was famously one of his uh, pen pals. Okay, this was adapted into a film in the 80s. An 80s film starring a, 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 both physically and in terms of notoriety, a big figure in the 80s, and I would argue this was probably the film that put him on the map. Fucking Christ, <laughs> number two, the most obscure number two ever. It's, it's a fucking mystery shit. What the mystery fuck? shit. Uh, put him on the map. I'm just going to start throwing shit out there. Fucking famous Escape fa- from New York Online? What? It is, not, it, is, it is not Escape from New York Online, no. I'm, I'm trying to think IDOS games, but like the only thing that comes to mind are the good Tomb Raider games. Oh, I, I'm going to say, just take IDOS completely okay. out of your mind. On yeah, Funcom, okay. I think, kind of narrows it down, because this is like one of the only franchises they ever seem to work with. Um, oh, I don't even know. I don't know anything about Funcom. Uh, everyone in the audience, yeah, feel free to keep screaming, because yeah. oh, God. Um, you don't run on any games. 80s action film written by John Milius starring um this probably the most second the second most famous austrian in history there's no t- there's no it's not it's not it's not terminator but it is there's a predator online which doesn't exist there is not <laughs> well i mean if you want to talk about predator online I mean, well there's yeah. millions of those but come on now <laughs> yeah now um, before Pre- twins online in not twins online <laughs> Before it's any of those films, Kindergarten there was Cop wa- Online. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I'd play that. Yeah, I would too. When you when you log you, when you log in, it isn't a name and password. It's who is your daddy and what does he do? Um, <laughs> this was the film that put him on the map before any of that stuff. Uh, fucking Hercules. After Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> like, so no, also I- Hercules as in its sword and sorcery. Oh, Conan Online. Oh, Conan. Age of Conan Hyborian Adventures, which I'm pretty sure is an online game. I have never heard I, of that. I think a friend of mine played that and he kept talking about it in the voice chat and everyone was like, yeah. We <laughs> were just ignoring it. <laughs> yeah. That's not real. You made that up. There's only that new Conan game that came out a few no, years ago. No, apparently this came to number two. Apparently people were fucking gassed up for Age of Conan Hyborian Adventures. Wow. Jesus so, Christ. Uh... No, um, I, I, I think I think you're making it up. Now, number four on the list is a non-movie. 2008, keep that year in mind. You know, a lot of different events happened that year. But one mm. that would probably make sense for this one is... Uh, mm, how do I... How do I I had a really funny joke in my head, but it would have... <laughs> actually, no, you know what? We, we spent so long on those. I'll, just, I'll do the funny joke, which is... If you thought the 1930... Nine Berlin Olympics was controversial for putting enemies together. 
This Olympics may have been even more um, controversial for people of a different war. Yeah, Mario and Sonic, Sonic. right? Uh, yeah, Mario and Sonic <laughs> are the Olympic Games. <laughs> James, that joke was more tortured than fucking real events that happened in World War II. Wow. <laughs> wow. But it was good, though, wasn't it? No. No, it was really funny, though. People at home... You know how people at home were screaming at you for not getting it? They're, la- they're all laughing at me for my really clever joke. World War Two lasted six years. That joke lasted ten. Well, didn't last as long as Hayes though. When he no, it it. Did. But, but much unlike the critics, I wish it was shorter. Uh, wow. Uh, number five on the list is a non-mover. It's a Wii game, but which one? Wii Sports. No, the other one. Wii Sports Resort. Uh, not Wii Sports Resort. Snake. What did he say? We play. Yeah, we play. <laughs> That was a a dog shit ending. God. Let's go to ten. Nah, let's not. Uh, Number six in the charts. Okay, we are. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say number three in the charts is the. uh, That was Hayes. That was Hayes. Number six in the chart is a new entry. A game that is peak 2008 because it was very much riding on the success of, like, a peripheral gimmick which would never be recreated ever again in the gaming sphere. Published by EA. Okay, it's not Tony Hawk's ride then. No, it, it, but... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was oh. about to say, so is it like the start of Just Dance? Or was that Ubisoft? That is Ubisoft. And oh, no, right. this is this is the other stupid peripheral base. Like, there were a bunch of them and I can't remember who made which one. <laughs> that's fine. Funnily enough... Both of them are in this top ten, but is this it, is the height. Is but, it Connect? Is it on Connect? It is not a Connect game, no. But this was also like a big reason to buy the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty because this game had a shitload of DLC. Is it? Ro- is it Rock Band? It is Rock Band number six this uh, week from yeah, okay, Harmonix, the yeah. developers of Guitar Hero. Number I, uh, f- I I had I was into Guitar Hero three for a bit. I, I was too, but I also had I I saved up all my money to buy the rock band band in the box, and then none of my friends wanted to play it. I, oh, I got that, but I had friends who did want to play it. So like yeah. every week we'd like play. It was great. It, it was, was like a really well, fun summer. I think for a year I was like really pretentious, but I was like, no, this game's popular garbage and shit. And then I actually played it around. It's like, actually this is good. It's really good. I did you actually? I did manage to trick my friends into playing it a few times, but they always wanted to play the drums, and nobody wanted to sing. That was uh, no one wanted to sing. No, 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 I, no teenage boy wanted to be the singer unless they were supremely confident. Nah, uh, exactly. In our case, like we usually play long enough that someone at some point wants to sing to give their arms or fingers a rest. Ah, that was it. Them into it. Yeah, we mostly played a lot of Castle Crashes on the 360. That That's fair. Number seven, down from sixth place from last week, is. You well, you already mentioned FIFA earlier at number nine. This is the other one. Pro Evo. It was Pro Evolution Soccer 2008 at number seven. Uh, that was a bit of an easy clue, so I'm gonna have to make the next one a bit more complex. Yeah, just, yeah, just fuck with us. Okay, <laughs> number sure. eight, no. down from third, is a game for. It's console. a haze. It was both in third and eighth. Yeah, they decided to put it in two different places. Um, it's a game which 
if you thought the 1939 Berlin Olympics was controversial for enemies coming together, <laughs> this video game series also does something similar where people that you would think were enemies come together and take part in a fun sporting event. Arguably, I wouldn't call it a sport because, you know, you don't run or anything like that. You just sit in a car. But oh, Mar- Is it Mario Kart? Yeah, but which one? Uh, the Wii one. Yeah, it's Mario Kart Wii at number yeah. eight. You shouldn't have given me that for the Wii one. Yeah. Mario Kart the Wii Wait, one. Was this the first European launch or the second one? Because I remember there were like two launches for a lot of Wii games back then. Um, I think this is the first launch of uh, yeah. the Wii stuff. Because, yeah, this is 2008. So the Wii's been out for what, like... Ten months at this okay. point. Okay, yeah, because Nintendo had the weird thing where they'd like publish a game in Europe first, like one week earlier than the US, with yes. a very limited launch, so you could get like one copy if you're really, really lucky, and then yeah. it would be just just be gone for like half a year. God, <laughs> terrible Nintendo. time. Uh, and then number ten, um, another game that was riding the wave on the plastic peripheral phrase that we were talking about a few minutes ago. A game that Snake said I liked. How did that make me less like? Yeah, how the fuck is that wiped your memory immediately? <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that we mentioned it literally minutes ago. <laughs> Above, this is your time. Ta- this is your chance to shine. I, I don't remember. You- was uh, it? Uh, was it just dance? No, it wasn't just dance. It was. Uh, it was another game in the spirit of rock bands, but the other one. Guitar Hero. Uh, but which one? Oh god, they were flooding the market at this point already, weren't they? It's either they sure three, were, yeah. four. I, I'll get yeah, Guitar Hero three. Yeah, oh, on. three already. Legends of Rock. Okay, yeah, nice. ten, a non-mover. Uh, so Hayes then dropped to sixth place the week after. Uh, then fifteenth the week after that, and then this, and then twenty seventh the week after that, and then finally disappears from the charts a month later. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, unfortunately, with Hayes, uh, that was the end of uh, Free Radical as a business. Uh, and I guess with that, it must mean it's the end of the Free Radical miniseries. Um, so I hope you enjoyed listening. And also with that, I guess it's the end of Bullet Time, because we've run out of like FPS games to talk about now. Snake has been very kind of you to be here for that, and, uh, you know, how we've been enjoying... You know, I might not get any reaction out of you for what I'm saying here. I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm deep. I'm deeply fucking confused. Oh Jesus Christ! I was I was hoping you'd be like, oh, what 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 are you talking about? Shush! Like, like no, this uh, isn't the end of the free. About? Ra- Shush! What, what are you talking about? Shush! Okay, no, it's not actually the end of the free radical miniseries because, and I guess we will get into this next episode, but. I don't know. Maybe they must have felt really bad about Ubisoft fucking them over on Far Cry 2 that they decided to throw on the bone. But um, a friendly fa- friendly faces from Germany would come along and help Free Radical Design out for a little bit. Um, and their name was Crytek, but we're going to go into that into a bit more detail next time because we're going to talk about uh, 2016's Homefront The Revolution, which... Uh, will actually bring us to the end of the Free Radical miniseries. But before we do that, uh, above up, yeah. uh, it's, it's been very kind. Uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Oh, yeah, no worries. Thank you thank for talking to us. Thank you for playing Hayes. Yeah, thank you for playing Hayes <laughs> for us. I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I did this to myself. 
I, I can will, I have no one to blame except myself for this. Will we see a Hayes video on the channel? No. <laughs> no, you I mean that's fair. Yeah, no, Come I can't on. really argue with that. Um before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to point oh, people to? Yeah. Uh I should be working on a uh, video that I haven't been working on because I've been streaming instead. <laughs> but oh, okay. uh fairly soon there should be like a um Asherah's Wrath video. I, I just oh, kind of nice. wanted to play that because you can actually play it to the ending these days because of emulation, which is nice. Yes. Um, and with the DLC and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Finally. Finally. Finally, you can have the complete video game that Capcom never sold you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, besides that, um, I also stream on the same name that I do stuff on YouTube on, uh, Above Up, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I've been going through the Spark games lately, and I'm going through arcade games. I recently tried doing a bunch of Musou games because I kind of know the history of the stuff that happened in them. So it's yeah. interesting to touch on. But yeah, that's kind okay. of it. Oh, fair dues. Well, I can put links to all of that in the description. Snake, once again, thank you for coming back. Um, thank you for not making me play Haze and giving me the Haze uh, word I pass. Gave you the, I, just I gave go- you permission to not play it. You did. You said, James... I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take the bullet for you. You don't have to, but I am going to make you watch. Like, the main character may have been called Carpenter, but really, I was Jesus for doing that. Very true. Yeah, you are. Yeah. The, when it when, when it comes to specifically to playing Hayes on a stream, you are uh, Jesus Christ the Son of the Lord. Oh, is there anything that you'd like to point people towards? I guess. Um. Don't do drugs. It's probably bad for you. Don't do nectar. Don't okay, yeah. The other drugs are fine. Just don't do nectar. That's Specifically, I, don't do nectar. I mean, the other drugs. I mean, you know, I've seen Train Spot, and they have their ups and downs, but I haven't seen anything positive about nectar. So. Yeah, it just makes you say boosh a lot. Boosh, boosh. It makes it rude. makes life very hard to follow. Very co- confusing. That's true. It makes it really hard to remember the plot of um, five out of ten video game haze despite the fact that all you kind of do is just you talk to like three people throughout the entire game and sometimes you're in a swamp and sometimes you're on a beach and yet somehow like it's just very hard we didn't even talk about the fact that you go to like a holiday villa for like one minute and that's like visually interesting but then it becomes really boring yeah because then you just go through endless balconies yeah the funny thing is, is that as I remember what you were doing, it's, I'm not remembering the game, but I am remembering the stuff that we were talking about. Like, we were talking about Bucky the Rock when you were going oh, through Bocchi that film. the Rock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good show, uh, that. Uh, I guess that's my shout-out. Watch Bocchi the Rock. Yeah, Bocchi the Rock. It's good. If, 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 you're looking for a, uh, yeah, if you're looking for an anime to um, see in 2023, that's uh, watch Bocchi the Rock. Uh, as, as per usual, I've been James. You can follow me on Twitter at Hot Cider. You can support the show over at Hot Cider on Patreon as well. H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. As said, we'll be wrapping up the miniseries next week with a game that technically isn't made by Free Radical Design Limited, but, I mean, I guess we'll go into more detail with that. Uh, but in tech... Ugh. Oh, I bugged that up. Until next <laughs> time, folks. Keep blasting. Keep Nobody going to do the blasting sound effects with me? Just me on my own? The Bulletin Podcast is made possible by Eric Hamilton Schneider, Valerie B, VG, and the Hot Cider Support Tier. 
If you'd like to help with the production of episodes and gain access to extra content, consider supporting over at patreon.com forward slash hot cider. That's H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. A special thanks to Max Coburn for the bullet time theme tune.